0: hello oh, and welcome to episode 57 of the cadaver lab podcast I'm Mike uh, you know I don't have a heck of a lot to talk about here in the intro for this episode uh, except to say that uh, we're saving all of the voicemails that we had from for this episode for next episode because of uh, the quick turnaround between the time that I released last episode and this episode we basically weren't we didn't get them in time to put into the show. So if you call them in and you don't hear it this episode, don't worry, they will be in next episode. Also, because of a mix-up between me and Gray, there's not going to be a Slasher Central for this episode, but luckily enough, I've already got it for next episode, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But uh, other than that, let's just get right into it.
1: And now it's time for Cadaver
2: Classics.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Cadaver Classics. I'm Mike and with me as always is the legend. He told me he was, so that's why I said it. It's uh, Steven. What's up, man?
1: Not a thing, brother. What's up?
0: (laughs) Nothing about the legend. Or is that? Or are you just so used to being called the I, legend that that's I,
1: just cool? Really, I'm trying out this modesty thing this week just to see how it goes.
0: What?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> not really me. You know, it's like it's like when you get a cock ring that's like two sizes too small, and then you get a hard. I wouldn't know anything can't. about that. I don't think they make them. My fear is that I won't be able to get it off, and then all of a sudden, blood will start spurting from my pores.
0: By the way, that is absolutely disgusting. Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Oh, so uh, how things been going since last we met? Uh, It's
1: been a rough week, but we're surviving. Oh, that's excellent.
0: Shit is, dude. Are you kidding me? I know. I know exactly how that is. Yeah. Well. Live I'm, on lucky, I, I'm
1: lucky I don't put about five or six people in a body bag every day. Fucking stupid. God. You know
0: what? I'll tell you what. Let me, let me, let me make a suggestion to you. Instead of trying humility on, why don't you actually try doing that? A hundred bucks says you feel more, you feel better and what? you won't want to be humble anymore.
1: What if I just go out and kill the fucking bastards or yes, off? Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, you know there ought to be
1: like some exemption in the law, like you know you go before the judge and it's like, well, you know, first degree murder, it was premeditated, yeah, but he was an asshole. Oh well, okay, case dismissed.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe everyone on their driver's license or whatever should have like uh, what level of asshole they are.
1: Yeah, right underneath the uh, organ donor thing.
0: Exactly. Well, so they so they oh, basically. Oh, a level five. Yeah. Well. Yeah, you could just you could pick that guy off whenever. Yeah. Level 5s are just taking he, our
1: oxygen. Yeah, he had it coming. <laughs> it was just a matter of time, your honor. If it wasn't me, it would probably been you.
0: Or I I know something else you could do too is you could uh pretend uh that uh, you're your mother and uh go kill some people.
1: That is always would probably come in handy if if you've ever met my mother.
0: <laughs> Uh, I, I was thinking that was more of a segue to let people know we're talking about Psycho and not really to uh, to insult your mother, man. I feel bad.
1: Oh, I thought we were going to do this whole Freudian thing, but no. <laughs> I guess we'll save that for all fair. I'll tell you about my issues with her. There, there's, there's a reason I have this fucking attitude, people, and I'm, I'm going to blame her. <laughs> Cold-hearted fucking bitch, I swear. Whoa, 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 really? Wow. Nah, I I, I love her.
0: Of course you do.
1: Yeah, she's my mom. Got to.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad. I assume she doesn't listen to the show.
1: I don't know. I don't
0: don't yeah, say well, you I'm don't like know.
1: A... Nah, I, I very seriously doubt it. She just discovered <laughs> Facebook a couple months ago. Oh, because so, so, that's
0: the pinnacle of uh, culture right there.
1: It is. Well, no, what it is, it's just another fucking thing to annoy me. Because now, instead of, like, calling me and saying, well, why don't you call? Now, uh-huh. now, I, now I get the phone calls. Why don't you call? And then every time I check my fucking status, it's like, oh, Bonnie left something on your wall. And it's like, God, Mom. <laughs> like,
3: why aren't you calling? Why don't you call?
0: You know what's funny is uh, just seeing
1: if you're still alive. We noticed you updated your status, so I guess you're I'm like, I'm like Jesus mom, get off my back, all right? You, you know what's funny I got, I got is better uh, things to do. You know, I spent fucking 18 years with you people. <laughs> Enough's enough.
0: Uh, you know, I have Christ. to admit I I do like Facebook. And you know, and the Twitter and things like, you know, it's okay. But I I don't think I think that there are only a handful of people who really know me in real life. That I'm friends with, like, you know, not through the podcast or, you know what I mean, like, or that, that I interact with on a daily basis, I guess is what I'm saying, because I like to, uh, I like to have my alter ego, you know, and, uh, because I swear to you, if people were to know the real Mike, they'd be, sad. I think I would bore them to tears.
1: And like, what? you don't already.
0: Well, just think of how bad it is. That's my, that's my wild and crazy that, alter ego.
1: That's, that's really fucking sad.
0: <laughs> Dude, what, you're you know, what, what's, I live what's it. even
1: What's even fucking sadder is this is the way I am fucking 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, you know a, I hate to admit a this. Fucking is... arrogant cock and <laughs> uh,
0: fuck you all. Well, you know what? I, I'm actually just kidding you. The, the, the difference is, is on paper, I'm a pretty solid dude. You know, on paper. Oh, you. Well, you know, but once you start, once you start listening to this stuff and get to know me personally, I'm you know, I'm just an a-hole. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't need to. to fucking, I, don't I don't need to advertise that I'm an a-hole to people that I deal with on a daily basis. That, that you know, I don't need to advertise that to them.
1: No. Yeah, you, you, you're a little cream puff. I know how the fucking shit is with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, I, yeah. I, I, I do talk great, to man. you
1: when when we're not recording, and yeah, you're such a sweet fucking guy.
0: You know what? I take that as a compliment. You, you are no.
1: I, I uh-huh. to to everyone listening, Mike. I'm I'm saying this heartfelt and fucking you. Know, you know what? You you really are one of the most decent guys I know. And how the fuck you stand yourself? I, I would fuck. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I would get up every day, look in the mirror, and go, "Who the fuck is this goody two shoes motherfucker?" God, I, I just need to go break something. Der. Oh,
0: you know what? It's hard being me. It really is. You know yeah. what, uh, a life full of righteous indignation, you know, it's, sometimes it wears on you, but you know what, I get over it.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I wish I could.
0: <laughs> oh, well that's excellent. I, I really feel good about myself now, thanks. <laughs> no, nah, you know I love you, bro. <laughs> of course. Oh, but that's awesome, uh... Uh, so, uh, any, uh, any any problems with your nuts? (laughs) Just Twitter and Facebook was a buzz about your nuts all week long. I I know that you didn't have a chance to get on there. I'm just, I'm just saying there were a lot of people, people talking about your balls, man.
1: Oh, really? Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've been busy at work because my boss had to take off. So I've been. Because your balls had to take off? My boss, B-O-S-S, not B-A-L-L-S. Oh. No, um, no, but see, have you noticed? All right, here. here first off, here's my big political rant. Okay. All right, gas is almost up to what, three bucks a gallon again. You don't hear, uh, you don't hear here, anybody fucking blaming Obama for this bullshit. <laughs> and here's the thing: I was like, well, you know, you know, I was thinking about maybe you know taking the kids camping you know, mm-hmm. next weekend. But it's like fucking three bucks a gallon for gas. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I will just fill my ball sack up with helium and make a dredgeable and take the whole family on vacation that way. Are you, did you seriously just say that, dude? That is the most genius idea I have ever heard. Yeah. I, I will be traveling by scrotum this summer. Off the board, kids. oh man that's just great
0: yeah (laughs) that's just great
1: you're talking about this fucking movie i don't want to get off on the ball thing again that was just too fucking weird
0: (laughs) well yeah it it, yeah we might as well we might as well man oh yeah i feel feel like we've done that now and (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. but
1: but i i mean had i known it was going to be
0: oh dude it was a hit
1: Oh, was it really? That's Oh, yes, it was
0: it. <laughs> That's
1: fucking sad.
0: Oh, yes, yeah. so uh, we are here to talk about Psycho. Yes, we are. Ironically, you know what's uh, just turned on the AMC is the uh, remake of Psycho from 1998. And uh, Stephen and I were talking about this just a little bit, and I just want to go on record to say, before we get into the original, that the remake, I in my opinion, is a piece of crap. I mean, I don't know how you... you and, and, I already said this joke to Stephen, but uh, I don't know how you replace a beautiful woman with a uh, um, uh, 12-year-old boy in Anne Heche in the remake, but, <laughs> but what See how I
1: laughed again this time, so you didn't, quite, you didn't quite laugh as hard, but, any,
0: but anyway. Yeah, it was funny the first time. <laughs> uh, as we all know, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, uh, excuse me, it came out in 1960, by the way. Uh, written by uh, Joseph Stefano and uh, Robert Bloch, who actually wrote the novel. And uh, do you know that Robert Bloch actually wrote the 1962 Cabinet of Caligari? Yes. Oh wow. Which, okay. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that he did that. I mean, these are uh, I don't know. Maybe obviously it has a lot to do with directing, of course. But uh, I mean, they're they're kind of both the same in the same ballpark, but. Uh, I don't know. I thought this one that was just was a much more solid story than that one.
1: But yeah, I think. I, well, I think we're talking. Well, let's see.
0: What was that? 62.
1: So, well, see, I don't know when the. Well, he actually, he actually wrote the screenplay for Caligari, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm writing a novel and writing a screenplay. You know, I guess maybe if you're not familiar with the, uh, you know, the grammar of film or what have you. Right. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, whenever I get around to putting out the Caligari episode that we recorded, what, six weeks ago? That's not ago? even out yet? No, dude. Are you busy. serious? I, I might get it out this weekend. <laughs> I might get it out by the time you get this shit edited. But but yeah, uh... we, we do talk about Robert Block. And...
0: <laughs> he wrote the novel in 1959. Um, the novel is named Psycho as well. It was uh, actually based on the crimes of uh, Ed Gein.
1: Yeah, and this is not the only time Ed Gein has been the inspiration for a classic horror movie. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course, was uh, you know, kind of a take on the Ed Gein character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill, was a take on the Ed Gein character.
0: Making a lady suit.
1: Yeah. And, uh, of course, um, Ed, the Ed Gein movie was kind of based on the Ed Gein story. So. Well, yeah, there's a lot
0: of... Uh, of uh, There are actually quite a few Ed Gein... Uh, uh, stories of his life type movies out there. Yeah, cause, uh,
1: I mean, at the, when that story broke, it was nothing, I mean, nothing like that had ever been heard of. And, you know, we're talking Midwest, was it Wisconsin or something like that?
0: Yep, Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we're talking about, you know, the American Midwest and, you know, it was just a fucking story that really captured uh, the dark imaginations of fucking America. You know, there wasn't... Wasn't a whole lot of psychos (laughs) getting a lot of publicity. We're talking about, you know, a wholesome you know time period, the Eisenhower years, and and you know America coming off of World War Two, and you've got this guy, fucking Ed Gein, uh, fucking killing people and making lampshades and fucking masks and shit, shoehorns out of
0: people's shins. Yeah, fucking. That's a song. Yeah,
1: so, you know, obviously this guy really, you know, stuck with a lot of uh a lot of uh, horror writers growing up in that era.
0: You know, and the thing is is uh if you were to compare Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho, uh they are two completely different flicks based off the same guy. Um however, I think you know, I think they both kind of take an angle of Ed Gein and uh kind of run with it, you know. Uh, yeah,
1: they take the take that basic concept of mm-hmm. uh you know, the mother issues and the killer and fucking, you know, go somewhere, you know. They take take a completely different approach. Absolutely. Uh, block focused on, you know, the mother thing, uh, whereas uh Texas Chainsaw and Silence of the Lambs kind of focus on the uh more grotesque elements of the of the uh case. And, you, you know, know, you do have the, the the whole kind of taxidermy thing, you know. Right. And plus, we're talking, you know, a difference of what Ch- Texas Chainsaw was, what, 14 74? Years? Yeah.
0: Was 74.
1: Yeah. And, you know, fuck. I mean, things have changed a great deal in 14 years in American cinema. I mean, we talked right. about this a little bit, you know, before about uh, the censorship issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for instance, uh, with this particular movie... The censors weren't going to let them use the word transvestite, because uh, of oh, you know, the oh, really? perverted connotation. You know, I mean that's how strict the censorship was. And there was a what what uh, Stefano did. He and Hitchcock actually threw a bunch of like stuff that they knew they were never going to use into this movie, uh-huh. just so it would get taken out and draw attention away from the stuff that they were getting away with. Right. But, you know, I mean, this is how bad it was. This is the first movie ever to show a toilet. Really? Yes. This is the first. And then to have it flushing, (laughs) to have it flushing, that was just, and it was put in there for, and he had to make it integral to the plot right? in order to get it in there. And they said, well, no, we can't cut this out because it's integral to the plot. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, and so it, I mean That's it's just bizarre, insane. Yeah, you know, whereas you know, and you know, at the same time over in England, you know, Peeping Tom was coming out the same mm-hmm. year. And it's a very, you know, kind of a perverse movie. And uh it, it had its trouble with the censors as well. But
0: I remember seeing Peeping Tom quite a while ago and I don't really remember there being anything in there. Um, except for, uh, you know, maybe themes and uh, maybe taboo subjects and stuff like that. That was really, you know, that I think really could have been uh, uh, cut out by the censors. So I assume that either that's the way they wrote it, and it was just a different time, or the censors hacked the crap out of it. It's I mean, what?
1: Well, the, I think I think the only thing that actually not survived. I think there was a nude scene in Peeping Tom that ended up being cut and later restored uh, for like different countries. Really did let it go through. But certainly you, you know in England and America off? the nude scene was definitely cut out and wasn't put back in until uh, much later on. Uh, you gotta realize
0: that if we ever do that for this uh for Cadaver Classics, you're gonna get the good you're gonna get the good version like you did with Devil Doll, and I'll get the one that's edited. Yeah. No well, and that'll just piss me off. <laughs> well
1: I've already got the unedited version, so but uh <laughs> But yeah, um, and Devil Doll is just what two years later, three years later, and yeah, you know, we've actually remember. we've actually got a nude scene in it, and then so you well you got, got a two, nude scene in well, it, well I did, lucky me, <laughs> two of them. But you know, you get to seventy four, things have completely changed. You know, we've talked about you know the Hays Code and how they switched to the rating system in the late sixties and all
0: that. Even if this were to come out in seventy four, which you know. I I still think that I mean that this would have been a, a, had the same effect even in '74. I mean it's I mean it's not like this was really uh, the, whereas Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know, relied some on the gore and the you know and just the the terrible visuals of, of uh, you know the family and whatnot. I think this was a masterpiece of you know a different kind of of horror. You know the suspense and and, and what what have you. Um, I I don't. I would hope that. I mean, even if this came out later, that they would have done it the same way, just because I think that they captured a lot of stuff in here that uh, I think makes this a better movie than Texas it. Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Alfred Hitchcock wasn't out to shock people with the, you know, with the uh, the visuals and the gore and you know and all these shocking things. He went out to make a. Uh, you know a suspenseful masterpiece and i think i think he did that and i and, uh, i honestly think that that's why i think that i i like this movie more than i like Texas Chainsaw Massacre
1: well this movie does have i mean first off first off the script is fucking brilliant it's phenomenal and, and um what happened was there was actually i forget who wrote the original script and well it, I mean, do you, well, do you want to talk about the the plot itself, or do you want to talk about the the background first?
0: Well, no, I mean it doesn't matter. We can we can we can okay. just well, talk about whatever well, you want. Well, if you, Hitch- want, if you-
1: well, the, here's here's what happened with this movie. Hitchcock. Okay. Hitchcock was into. He would read the New York Times book reviews, and if he saw a book that looked interested, he would try to get him you know, option it. And um, he read the review for Psycho, and immediately. Uh, had his wife get hold of Paramount to see if they could do something with it. Uh And they were like, well, you know, we haven't really even looked at it. So he decided to fly you know, from England to California to talk to them about it and saw the book in the airport and picked it up and read it on the way to California. I mean, he'd never even read the book. All he had was the review Uh and knew this was something he wanted to latch on to because he... He, you know, we talked about uh, how William Castle, you know, had given Hitchcock the idea that he wanted to make a low-budget movie. Right. And he still owed Paramount one more movie. <clears throat> and he decided, you know, let's see what, you know, if, what we can do with a million dollars and shoot a black-and-white movie. And, and this seems like a good, you know, backstory to work with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the first script he got, he, he apparently was boring, really and, and so he got this um up-and-coming writer hadn't really done much of anything uh just stefano
2: mm-hmm. and
1: stefano took a completely unique approach to it rather than focusing you know on ed Gein, he or uh, i'm sorry norman bates he mm-hmm. he decided to focus on the victim first and create you know this whole fucking thing with the victim and when he pitched that to Hitchcock, Hitchcock was like, Yes, and we've gotta have a star. And once he and then the other thing was in the book, uh Norman Bates is kind of a, a prick. You know, he's fat and a drunkard and you know really? very unlikable character. Hmm. And that was the next thing that uh Stefano chose to change was to make uh Norm Bates fucking likable. Right. And he pitched that to Hitchcock, and Hitchcock says, "Yeah, let's get uh, Anthony Perkins for it." You know what? That's actually really because Anthony Perkins he's fit the description of what uh, was pitched to him by Stefano.
0: That's interesting because I mean, it, the uh, the picture of Norman Bates, like the the it just it just seems to go so well in this. Uh, uh, in it, it would be difficult to even think about this movie without uh, Anthony Perkins playing norman bates and not only you know not only because his build and his look and anything like that but just because of um i think and he he did so well with a lot of the dialogue that uh you know in the exchanges that he had with uh marion crane who was played by janet lee you know and i think those are some of my very favorite parts is you know especially you know just their their uh uh, discussions back and forth and uh, just kind of watching anthony perkins as he uh he he, kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve a little bit, and uh, you know you could see him kind of get intense and pull back, get, you know, and stuff like that. And I don't think that I would have been as interested if he wasn't uh, if he wasn't a likable guy. No, absolutely. You know? if, absolutely. If he was just a dick, I would be like, oh, screw this guy. <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: Who, who, yeah, you don't have a vested interest in if this character is not likable, you don't have a vested interest in him. And no, secondly, and, and secondly, it makes the twist even that much more, you know. It you know, catches you yep. off guard. I mean, I remember the first time I saw this, I was probably you know, 12, 13 years old.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I mean, even so we're talking 83 mm-hmm. and it still fucking blew me away. I was like, Holy shit. You know, I had no, <laughs> no idea what was coming.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I mean, it, I was like, Oh my God. It, wow. And, <laughs> and it's because you, know you, you sympathize and empathize so much with, uh, Tony Perkins, he's you know shy and awkward. You almost
0: feel sorry for him, and oh, you're almost absolutely. rooting for him. You know,
1: yeah, he's such you a likable character. He's just this normal guy, and you you can tell he's had it rough. You know, th- that I mean that that whole scene. You know, he's in the office, and you know she's eating the sandwiches that he's fixed for, her and right. talking about you know, his mother. Is you know he can't leave his mother, even though you know you can tell he wants to get away from you know the situation but he's trapped mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing about being caught in a trap and you know i mean he actually convinces her to take the money back i mean mm-hmm. he's such a genuine character i mean it's just his his performance is fucking outstanding it, and, and it's in no my opinion his performance so-
0: and Janet Lee's performance really just made this whole movie and i realized that 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 Janet Lee was only around in the first half of it but uh, I mean, I I, I was actually kind of bummed when we actually saw the shower scene, and I realized I mean, and, and you know she's gone.
4: Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, no, Anthony Perkins did a great job. Oh, uh, it, it, it's funny because uh, you mentioned how they were talking about the mom and stuff, and that and that's really what uh, really what they took from uh, Ed Gein's, you know, his life because apparently um, his mother was uh, you know very strict you know i I think it was like some kind of a uh christian upbringing uh and he actually she actually taught his her kids the inherent evils uh, of uh you know of women and the world and things like that and uh I think i read uh, I can't remember exactly where I read it it had something to do with uh, that women are all evil and they're instruments of the devil including myself you know this no. and that and you, and you think that um it, you take that in the context of Norman Bates obviously it they they took it seems like they just picked that right out of Ed Gein's life
1: oh yeah absolutely and having been married twice uh, i can pretty much <laughs> see that fucking point of view
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's excellent yeah. uh by the way uh Janet Lee who played Marion Crane was freaking gorgeous
1: oh uh, hell yes i
0: i i mean it is amazing to me how I mean, just just how I don't know, just how striking she is, and in, in, uh, you know, she really just commands your attention. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously she's a, she's a she's a good actress, but her looks, man, it was it was hard to take my eyes off her. You know.
1: Oh yeah, and 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 I, I, I just kept thinking to myself, okay, you know, if this was like five years later, maybe that lingerie would be a little bit skimpier. Because,
0: well, <laughs> I, well, you know, the thing is, is there's, I think there's a certain classic, um, charm to uh, that giant bra she was wearing, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, I, I don't know. It was still, it, I mean, I, I really, oh, I really and, just and, thought she and, was
1: awesome. Yeah. And of course, you know, again, back to the censorship thing, like the scene where, uh, Norman is spying on her,
2: uh-huh.
0: she
1: actually takes the bra off. Right. But they, of course they had to cut that. Really? Yeah. But didn't
0: they? They? I thought. I thought it showed her taking it. Uh, was it taking it off or did I just? She, no. Did we just see her drop her robe or something?
1: Well, she drops her robe before she gets in the shower. But when he's actually looking through the wall and she's uh, wearing oh. the black bra and the slip, right? It it cuts to him. You know, spying on her, and uh-huh. they had stuck in the scene with uh, her actually taking the bra off. And then, of course, it cuts away right before you see anything. Right. But even that got censored, even though oh, you don't see bummer. anything Yeah, in the cutscene.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you don't see anything in the cutscene, but still, you know, they had to fucking pull it out. And like I said, you know, they they did they pushed it just a little, little further than they knew they could. <laughs> just so when it did get cut back, they were still left with what they actually originally wanted. Right. Which was still pushing the envelope, and which which is amazing because it it does seem, I mean, is oh my well she's she's gorgeous and she's walking around in her underwear at least two or three times in the opening twenty minutes.
0: You know what I'm I'm starting to notice as we do more of these classic films, is is there some about these these uh, the women in some of these movies that are it, it, I mean it's just something that you don't see anymore. You know their kind of uh, their kind of beauty. You know yeah it's yeah. it's
1: that more that like classical beauty versus you know the hot chick
2: yeah you
1: know i mean megan fox is fucking hot but you know she and also i think i think there's well i think it's a glamour thing really the well, woman in the a women, certain class yeah exactly whereas megan fox is a fucking fruitcake or thinks her vagina has magical powers <laughs> and some would know, argue it does Well, you know, I wouldn't put my enormous ball sack near it.
0: Well, that's because she uh, would bite it off with her vagina teeth.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) or shoot it with magic fucking sparkle beams or whatever the fuck is. Sparkle
0: Sparkle vulva vulva lasers? Sparkle vulva lasers. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Her
1: clitora ram or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, you know. Plus, you, there's a. I, I think there's a certain mis- still a certain uh, maybe looking back on it. There's mm-hmm. a certain that Hollywood mystique versus you know, uh, you know the tabloid fucking thing where you know. Like had
0: a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's still a mystique about actresses. You know, yeah. There's still kind of Hollywood. Right. Hollywood. <laughs> there. Were, I mean, you know, of course there was Hollywood Babylon. You know, and the seedy underbelly and you know, Fatty Arbuncle, you know, fucking killing chicks and shit, but... uh,
0: Right, but it's not like you saw it on freaking TMZ every day, or the E! channel and stuff like that. Yeah, there's still a
1: certain mystique to these, you know, Hollywood actresses, and now they're just fucking fodder for fucking scandal, and everybody wants to see them fucking, you know, the next bit of lunacy, and of course, you know, they're fucking more than happy to give it to us. Right. You know, fuck, look at Lindsay Lohan, I mean, God, she's, she's fucking gorgeous, but, you know... God, what a fucking fruitcake!
0: <laughs> you, you, know, you say fruitcake is its kind of a too nice of a word for some people that you've called fruitcakes. But you know, I'll give that to you. That's fine. No, You're no, trying yeah, to be I'm tra- nice.
1: I'm trying to be nice. It's the—it's the new uh, kinder gentler Stephen.
0: Oh, that is scary. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> <sighs> well, let's see. Let, let's uh, talk about uh, Vera Miles, who played L- uh, Lila Crane. Uh, who was uh, Marion Crane's sister? we also had John Gavin who played sam Lou, sorry Sam Loomis mm-hmm. and uh we also had Martin Balsam who played Milton Arbogast um basically just to you know let 's go over the plot really quick uh starts out in uh, i believe it 's Phoenix, arizona uh the movie opens up with a scene where Marion Crane and uh, Sam Loomis are you know kind of in a hotel room and uh I, mean, I assume that they're uh going for some afternoon delight mm-hmm. you know some lunchtime fun yeah, uh picking I, up a new <laughs> A what a new A new, that's new a nerd. great
1: one oh no that's what my uh, wife calls it when i come home and bang her
0: oh dang thanks yeah uh so marion's marion's sitting around in her bra and they're talking about the future and if they're gonna get married and whatever and uh sam has just said hey listen i'm too poor you know we, we can't to get married and uh well, whatever. So she's kind of disappointed. They talk it out. They, you know, they make up for it, whatever. Uh, she heads back to work, and uh, an interesting opportunity opens itself up. Basically, uh, a client of uh, the guy who she works for, you know, says, "Hey, I'm gonna." I can't remember exactly what it was. It was some kind of a real estate deal? I, I don't even remember what they if they said what. Yeah, it was. he was, it was.
1: I think he was buying a house for his daughter as. A oh, that's resident. right. The
0: eighteen-year-old who was getting married. You're right. Yeah, which You're is right.
1: way too young. Kids, if if you are under 30 and planning on getting married, don't fucking do it.
0: Dude, I got married when I was 23, and I'm very happy. Well, you're the exception that proves the rule. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, so he basically gives the guy $40,000 in cash, and uh, Mary uh, Marion finds herself responsible to go deposit that money in the bank. Uh, well you know what, that doesn't really work because she decides to steal the money and drive to Fairview, California. Uh, however, as she's, you know, as she's kind of thinking what she's going to do and kind of go over and over in her head, uh, going back and forth, there's, uh, there's just some great, it's just some very interesting, that that's a very interesting scene as she's pulling away. Uh, it's kind of funny because she's kind of trying to, you know, forecasting what's going to happen on Monday when she doesn't, uh, Show up to work, and, and the, the funny thing is, is, it's just not like we, we're reading her thoughts. We're actually, it's kind of playing out in her head, and the voices of the of the people she works with are there, you know, are being used and stuff like that. And it's, it, I don't know, it, it's just kind of a fun way to do that. And you know, she gets all very, really tense about it. It's funny because I was watching that, I was thinking, you know what, I think that uh, that she did a great job because uh, she was doing that because her her facial expressions were, you know, very obviously right in tune with what was going on but I mean it just kind of made me get you know feel a little tense about it what do you think
1: well yeah uh, what the the way they did that um, you know they of course the lines were already scripted right and and so Hitchcock read the lines to her so that he could get the right uh facial reaction oh cool and um, you know and then they would go back in later and dub in you know all the dialogue from the various actors
0: right you know, I don't and know. I think it's it, just, it just a pretty good way to
1: do it. Yeah, but it's an amazing scene because, well, it just shows how strong of an actress Janet Lee is. I mean, uh-huh. you know, she completely sells it. You know, you can see, you can see in her face, in her eyes, in her facial expression. You know, all these thoughts running through her head as she's, you know, imagining, you know, how things are going to play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, just a really fascinating scene.
0: Uh, excellent scene. Uh, she, as she drives along, she, uh, she, it, it, another great scene along that, uh, uh, along her trek up to uh, California is that uh, she decides that she wants to trade her car in and get a new car so that uh, you know obviously no one will be able to recognize it. Uh, you know, it's funny because the, you know, the the guy comes out one of the most polite car salesmen I've ever seen, uh, comes out is talking with her. Basically, you know, whereas he's used to people, you know. Taking a little while, taking their time to pick out a new car. She just wants it to. uh, uh, She just wants to trade the car, get her money, or or, you know, give the the what was it? Her car, trade her car in plus seven hundred bucks or something like that, Mm -hmm. and uh, get out of there. And uh, I thought that was another pretty pretty intense scene because uh, here she is, and it's almost like um, a little bit. The I almost saw her. Coming close to coming apart at the seams a little bit with the, just the, the tension that she that she could feel building. Well she'd,
1: well, she'd already had the confrontation with the cop who right she, she'd pulled over and fell you know went to sleep because she'd been on the road all night, and mm-hmm. then when you know the cop pulls up and confronts her and she's like you know. I mean, obviously, you know, she's not a professional thief. This is just a girl who made a snap decision to fucking take the money and run. And Uh she has no idea how to deal with the cop. And, of course, the cop is immediately suspicious and follows her to the used car lot or shows back up there. And Mm -hmm. so she's trying to make this transaction and get the hell out of there before the cop doesn't, you know, before she gets the cop's attention again. Well, you know, and he's the cop's all over it. He fucking and you. You know, and this is one of the great things, again, you go back to the script and the direction, you know, there's so much tension built up around, you know, this cop and, you know, her reaction and her, him, you know, he's on to her and, you know, you start to think that this is the story where, you know, this, that's where the story is going. Right. And you know, of course, it's going to take a you know big one eighty here in you know about oh, twenty minutes. But but you know, they did a beautiful job of setting up. You know that this is going to be this cat and mouse thing, maybe between the cop and and uh, Janet Lee, or you know that that's that's the going to be our focus.
0: Right. And you know what? Also, I think that scene did was uh, you know just like they. Uh, um, you know, they set Norman up to be a likable guy. I think this was, I mean, you could kind of see that she was very feeling that she, that she wasn't, you know, this, this uh, thief or whatever. You know, shit, that she wasn't a seasoned whatever. And, uh, you know, I actually started to feel a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, not necessarily sorry, but I was like, you know, I started kind of getting in her corner there because it's like here, she was getting scared and she was tense. And uh, basically I was just like, oh. I I just kind of found myself thinking man just get out of there you know yeah, <laughs> and whatever so yeah. I kind of got behind her on that as if I already wasn't because of her looks but I think that really helped out as far as uh, you know me cuz you typically yeah you steal 40 grand you know you're a, you're obviously a uh, a thief and whatever but uh you know I mean this just made her seem vulnerable you yeah, know was- se- seem like uh you know, that uh, freaking everybody makes mistakes, and that, this is just what she's doing. She's, yeah. you know, not necessarily a bad person or anything like that.
1: No. And and they did. Even if
0: Even though if it was my 40 grand, I would, oh, well, she'd you, be a bad person.
1: Well, yeah, if it was your 40 grand, then fuck <laughs> her. But, but no, I mean, they did such a great job the opening scene, you know, setting up her situation, you know, showing, you know, how passionate she was for this guy, mm-hmm. you know, how desperate she was to, you know, to be with him. And then you put her in this other situation where you know she she is vulnerable, she's you know made a, a dumb decision, and you know now she doesn't know how to deal with it. When there's a little right. bit of pressure on her, she's you know the cracks are starting to show. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you just completely buy into into you you're along for the fucking ride.
0: Absolutely. And uh, so it's basically after that she takes off and uh, she starts driving through some pretty heavy rain. She says she wants to pull off, and uh, she sees the Bates Motel. Uh, pulls up there, and um, you know, in kind of what we were talking about. You, she looks up at the, at the adjacent house, and uh, you know, she kind of she sees a woman walking in the in the window, and then Norman comes down from the house to uh, to check her in and uh, starts a conversation with her. And, and the thing I like. I mean, we said that he's a very likable guy and, and uh, you know, he's a, he's very polite. And uh, I just think the, the, the one thing he was almost childlike and naive. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah, and it's like, that that was very endearing. Life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you feel for this guy, you know, yeah. you know, he's in a rough situation and you, you, he's socially awkward and I mean, he's, he's just so fucking nice. And yeah. the, but, and, but then you see, you know, he's got all, the, and he talks about like the animals, you know, he stuffs birds because, you know, because a real animal and kind of give him the creeps, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep.
1: you know, he can stuff a cat or a dog because, you know, it, that's it's, just not for him. Yeah. No, but, but birds, <laughs> you know, they, they, it's, they become inanimate objects to him.
0: So yeah. He, you and, know, and, they,
1: and so you think, you know, this guy c- couldn't really hurt. You know he can't can't even stuff a dead animal. Exactly. So you know you, you you're getting set up and and you hear the argument though, and of course you you hear these arguments these interchanges between um, Norman and his mother. Right. Which of course you know said you know you got you got you thinking you know, a completely different way than where we're headed.
0: Absolutely, and you know it's kind of funny because uh, uh, he. You know, he invites her up for dinner to the house, but uh, you know, he, you, we hear this exchange between him and his mother, and uh, his mother's kind of yelling at him, and you know, and, and whatever. And he, he so he decides to bring the lunch down or the the dinner down, and that's uh, and and this is the this is what we've been talking about the conversation that they had as uh, as uh, Marion is is eating in the parlor with you know where all the um, uh, like the stuffed birds and things like that are, which is pretty bizarre. But that was, that was probably my favorite scene in, except for the shower scene, because, you know, I, I was like trying to do like super fast eye motions to see if I could see any nudie parts. But, mm-hmm. uh, but this, I mean, that scene where they're having that uh, exchange in the parlor was probably was, was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, just because they were, they were going back and forth. Um, she was, he was kind of talking about himself and uh, she was asking, well, don't, you know, it's just you and your mother. I mean, it, it, I can't remember exactly how it went, but he's like, you know what? All a boy needs is his mother. His mother's a boy's best friend yeah. or, <laughs> or best whatever, friend or which is, is bizarre. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, and it's uh, and it's funny because she actually mentions, well, maybe you should put your mother in an institution so you can go, you know, and, and do something for yourself. And that's when he gets very agitated. Oh, You yeah. know, and, and he sits up and you know, his, his face, which is, has a, has had a, a pleasant look and a smile on it all of a sudden kind of turns into a, you know, not necessarily a, a scary look or anything like that, but you can tell he's visibly upset. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. And that, and that's the thing throughout this conversation, you know, because I mean, this, this is pivotal because we find out so much about, you know, uh, Norman situation. We see, you know, this, uh, you know, Marion rethinking her situation. Right. And the way the, the way these two actors play it is just... I mean, it's just fucking amazing. You know, I, I tend to fucking get down on actors because it's like, all right, anybody can fucking do that. No, right. when, not at this level.
0: Well, in mean, how many movies can I say... Fucking... I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I'm just saying, that, I mean, at this level... You, I mean, these people, these two people... Are completely inhabiting their roles. Well, in and how often do you see that anymore?
0: To, I absolutely agree with you. And also, the writing in this part was—I mean, it just kind of kept me riveted. And you know, so here they are doing this back and forth. I mean, how many movies, especially since I'm into horror movies mainly? I, how many movies? can i say that oh an exchange uh, a conversation an exchange between two folks you know uh, before anything really happens in the movie you know before you know is my favorite part i this is like the only one i mean sure there are great conversations when there's something's explaining how the how the or you know towards the end see some twist or whatever but i mean what this is probably 30 minutes into the movie yeah and it's it, like there and it was just it was fantastic
1: yeah absolutely and well I guess I guess the other thing, having just heard the exchange between uh Norman A's mother and the way she, you know, dresses him down and
2: you right.
1: know, basically calls Janet Lee a whore, you know, even right. doesn't even know her. You know, there's you you just feel so bad for him go, right. going into this scene. You feel so bad for both of them after you know, watching what she's been going through. And, you know, her situation. And then, you know, you've heard how his mother treats him. And here he is, you know, you know, trying to, you know, you can see when she's talking to him, you know, he's, you know, he's the, you know, you can tell in the back of his mind, well, maybe this, maybe, you know, maybe I could get away. But, you know, you know, this, you know, he even says he's, you know, in a trap. Right. Right. And he knows he's in a trap, but what's he going to do about it? And so you feel real sorry for him because, you know, he's in a situation he can't get, he doesn't feel he can get out of.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, just, and it's just like same, I said, when she mentioned something for him to, you know, a way for him to get out of it, he's, he just does not like the sound of it.
1: No, I mean, because, I mean, this is the only thing he knows, and how, how dare she, uh, fucking, you know, uh, challenge that. Right. But, but then you, I mean, but the, immediately following that you know you see that little flash of anger in him and then he's just like passes it off you know we all go a little mad sometimes right and which is you know of course an iconic line from absolutely and, and it's just the delivery is so perfect. I mean, just an amazing fucking. Oh, he, scene. he
0: does a great job in this role.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he's completely believable. Well, the, I mean, there's absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a reason why you know that's when you mention the name Anthony Perkins, you think Norman Bates because I mean he he. I feel like I'm gushing
0: belie- over this movie a little more than usual.
1: Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's just fucking brilliant. My daughters, as a matter of fact. Uh, my daughter well she's probably finishing it up about now oh really yeah she she wanted to watch it after uh you know i took the d v d back in there
0: right you know, and the thing is, is i mean i've i've probably seen this five or six times, but watching it for the you know for the uh to prepare for this uh episode is uh i mean i was r i was as into it as i ever w- has been have been
1: oh absolutely this is this is a movie that even though even when you know where it's going you know, there's, I mean, it's just so, so well crafted that yeah, every time you watch it, it's like seeing it for the first time and you just appreciate more and more,
2: uh-huh. you
1: know, what well, you notice once you, once a little more know, and more, yeah, you know, L- you, little know where going, you already lines. know where it's going. So right. now you can go back and, and, you know, look how you got to, you know, from point A to point B Absolutely, and, and see how, you know, nor- you know, uh, Perkins took you in this direction and, yeah, the script took you in this direction, and Hitchcock's direction. Has Perkins direction. been
0: in a lot of other stuff?
1: Yeah, Perkins was, like, a fairly popular actor in the 60s. I don't really know that I've seen him in a lot of 60s. other stuff. Oh, my God. Oh. There was one big one he did.
0: Let's see, I have Can't it right here, and I want to sign DB. So he did Psycho 1 through 4.
1: Yeah, I've seen yeah. all those. <laughs>
0: Not none of them quite capture the uh, the feeling of the first Psycho. Let's see. I'm not Fear really seeing. Fear strikes seen him. out. Fear strikes
1: out was the one I remember seeing him in. In
0: 1957, mm-hmm. he, he, yeah, he was in a yeah, lot well, of things. He's in a lot. I just don't know that I've seen much.
1: Yeah, he was. He was a you know he was a fairly popular character actor for years up to this.
2: Uh huh.
1: And then afterwards, though, he kind of. Uh, you know, after Psycho, that became, you know, his, his fucking role.
0: Well, yeah, he was made yeah. for it. Though. And, <laughs> and
1: as a matter of fact, the, the only other thing, you know, aside from that, that after Psycho, the only thing that really stands out to me is uh, the fucking black hole, because I saw that, like, I don't know how many times as a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because uh, I wonder if he has the same problem Bruce Campbell does with Ash, that everyone's calling him Norman Bates.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he he was pretty, you know, even though he worked steady. I mean, this was the role that he was always going to be known for.
4: Well, and but with
1: you know, for good reason. I mean, he
0: absolutely not like this guy on the screen I'm watching right now. There, it's funny because on the remake, we're at the scene where they're having the conversation in the parlor, and I'm sitting here watching Vince Vaughn do it, and he just kind of looks silly compared to to uh, Anthony Perkins yeah
1: no see i've I tried to sit down and watch the remake, and
0: it's not that good
1: and you know the the scene all right the scene where he is in the parlor talking to Uh huh. um it kind of reminded me he, he played it almost the same way he played uh one of the scenes in Dodgeball, <laughs> I think where he was trying to like seduce the you know auditor chick or whatever oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's like I'm watching the same fucking scene because <laughs> that's how he fucking played it. And which is a shame because Van Zandt is a fucking brilliant director.
0: And you know, I, I think the only thing I've ever seen of his was kids. And that movie scared the shit out of me. was, um, what
1: was the one elephant?
0: Oh, I don't know if oh was, I've seen that
1: fucking brilliant. But he, the thing was, and he did do some things that were good. Um, Mm -hmm. for instance, the opening scene where originally they wanted to have, uh, Hitchcock wanted to have like one shot across the city and then into the window Instead, he it ends up having to do a bunch of, uh, dissolves. Right. And, you know, now they have like, you know, camera mounts that are more sophisticated and steady. They could do a helicopter shot, you know, across the whole city and into the window. So effective
0: is that when it ends on Anne H though?
1: Yeah, exactly. Really? I mean, and which which kind of surprises me, because um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Orson Welles' uh, Touch of Evil. Uh, I don't know that I have. I mean, it's the one where Charlton Heston plays a fucking Mexican. I, I, <laughs> I mean, the studio did the casting for him. I mean, they basically made him. T- but um, yeah. the fucking brilliant opening shot where, you know, the camera covers, like, the whole, practically the whole city, and you follow this car around and it's just one continuous shot brilliant. until you get to the border. I mean, just fucking brilliant. And, mm-hmm. and as the cameras moving over different parts of the city, you'll hear the soundtrack changes to like reflect what you're looking at.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you'll hear Mexican music coming from this cantina or whatever, you know, just fucking brilliant fucking opening shot. So um, it really surprised me when I found out that, you know, Hitchcock couldn't do the shot. He really wanted to, Mhm. But I guess you know, it's it's a little bit I guess, you know, you gotta look at your locale and you know, whether or not you can use a crane versus a helicopter or whatever. Right. But anyway, but anyway, I think Van Zant was trying to be respectful of the material.
0: Well, it seems like but, they shot it I and mean, they did it shot for shot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they did but, go by the by the original script and what Hitchcock's original intentions were. But I think I think casting hmm. Uh, casting was enough to keep me from finishing watching the movie.
0: Well, and I'm watching this right now, and there's not even any sound on. And it's I don't I don't really I, I'm watching Vince Vaughn here, and he kind of seems like he's uh, um, uh, he's like like slow or, or you know has some kind of a mental something. So I don't know, maybe that gives a little bit too much away. <laughs> you know I don't know, but it, it just doesn't have the same presence as Anthony. Perkins does no without, really, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, you know, you, on one hand, you almost have to admire Vince Vaughn for taking on the role, but at the same Ballsy. time, yeah, I mean that's a lot of fucking balls to take on a role as iconic as that.
0: Well, let's put it this but way: I don't, I, yeah, I don't, don't mind the, Vince Vaughn.
1: Yeah, as as far come as come on, like, freaking
0: uh, old school! You kidding me? Old
1: school and you know, old school and dodgeball and uh, fuck! You know I can as a, com- a comedic actor, yeah, yeah, but. But he doesn't have the fucking chops to take on Norman Bates,
2: well,
0: and
1: I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find an actor that could take on that role.
0: Right, you know, uh, Justin uh,
1: Long maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, basically, after the after this scene with uh, where they're talking in the uh, uh, in the parlor, there's the iconic shower scene. She goes back, she takes a shower, and of course. Uh, uh, Norman Bates's mom comes and uh, stabs her all over the place a hundred times. And, we, and of course, we have that iconic psycho music, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, a couple things here. Uh, Janet Leigh was actually only filmed for three weeks. One week of it was the shower scene. Oh, really? Uh, we're talking 73... C- 73 different pieces of film cut together to make the shower scene okay and the blade is only in contact with human skin for two frames
0: and i remember thinking that when it was actually in contact with the skin it didn't even look like anybody was she was no it, it was stabbing no pen- her or no anything.
1: no penetration at all it just kind of like brushes her stomach
0: yeah exactly
1: but um uh, it's it's one of those it's it's an illusion, really. You think yep. you're seeing something incredibly violent because things are happening so frenetically. Frenetic. Exactly. Mm. Wow, it's weird that we both came up with that word <laughs>
0: That's my but middle you, name. Is it really? No, it's not. <laughs>
1: you kinda disappointed me there.
0: I'm sorry. That's what your uh, wife I... said. I don't know. <laughs> oh easy. <laughs> You know, and, and the thing about this scene is, is, uh, you know, it goes on and of course it's iconic, but, uh, my, it's kind of like right after it, uh, Norman Bates goes up and he, he talks to his mom, mom, no, what have you done? You know? And it's, and it's almost like heartbreaking, you know, it's the, 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 he has to go deal with that. And then of course he has to go clean it all up because there's no way he's going to let mama fry for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he, I mean, you that's, that's one of the, one of the things you really hit on there. I mean, you would first off, it's a horrifying scene, right? I mean, it does fucking grab you Absolutely. and then, and that's one of the things I think is missing the missing from a lot of horror movies is you've got the shock of the death, but not the sympathy. Exactly. I don't think it, they don't really do that anymore where you, you feel sorry for the fucking victims. Or in this case, you feel sorry for, you know, Norman, who has to cover it up. Right. And, you know, what fucking horror slasher movie or what have you, you know, generates that kind of emotion anymore. It, no, they don't. It's been, it's all, it's
0: been it's, quite a while.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's one thing, you know, I kind of, am not a big fan of, uh, oh, God, what was that one we did on the first Douchecast? Uh, Martyrs.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 okay. That's
1: that's one where you, I mean, it's just so brutal, and you definitely feel the sympathy for the victim there. Right. But, but it's fucking rare in a horror movie anymore. Yeah. To find, feel sympathy for anybody, because all the victims are fucking douchebags that have it coming to them. And yeah, the killers Nightmare
0: on Elm Street 2010.
1: Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't know if they had it
0: coming to them, but I didn't give a shit. I,
1: I didn't care.
2: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, we could talk about that, because... I don't, I don't know. I was, you know, I was actually kind of pissed off, be, where they set it up that he might be innocent. I was like, "What the fuck? Why not just go ahead and make him fucking innocent? Do something fucking original in this piece of shit." Uh huh. But I don't know. I I didn't hate Nightmare. I I just thought it. it was. I just thought it was subpar. No, I, anything really i mean i
0: couldn't attach myself to to any of it really
1: yeah jackie Earle haley i like i mean he was he was good he but, was good but look
0: who look at what he had to deal with the generic mopey uh, you know unlikable teenagers
1: yeah i mean i i don't know all right
0: Anyways, yeah. getting back to the anyway, getting back to the but, plot basically the rest of the movie Is uh, you know it's and I I don't mean to skip over it. We're just kind of going long, but it's uh, Marion's sister and uh, Sam Loomis actually trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course they get led to uh, Norman Bates and the Bates Motel, and uh, but those two and and also a private investigator named uh, Arbogast, and uh, you know, and and the rest of the story is them figuring out what what happened and and. uh, (sighs) Like you were saying earlier, the ending of this movie is is powerful and freaky
1: oh yeah, absolutely um and one of the one of the funny stories about uh norman's mother uh Janet Lee says that uh Hitchcock would place different versions of Mrs. Bates in her dressing room uh-huh, and yeah, you know, they would try different looks, and the one that made her scream the most was the one that they used. <laughs> Because he would just like stick it in her dressing room and she'd come in, you know, and all of a sudden. (laughs) But, and he did, Hitchcock did a number of great things to keep from revealing the identity of Mrs. Bates. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had her own, you know, the director's chair, you know, all the actors have the folding chairs with their names on them. Uh There was one there for Mrs. Bates on set the whole time. Really? Uh, He also put out like advertisements saying that he was casting Mrs. Bates. Really? And so that, you know, all the Hollywood agents are you know, saying, oh, well, we think we know who would be right for this role. And you just kind of blow them all off. But there was this buzz generated so that, you know, it would eventually, you know, kind of filter down to the public in general that, you know, okay, you know, it's a big mystery who's playing Mrs.
0: Bates. You know, that's a little uh, William Castle-esque Absolutely.
1: Well. There, there's a lot, of, a lot of little gimmicky things in there. I mean, you know, first off, we're talking about killing off the lead actress. I mean, you know. Right. Right from the beginning, he knew he wanted to star in that role. Once, uh, oh, fuck. God. Stefano. When Stefano said, you know, this is what I want to do, he said, yeah, let's put a lead actress in that role. So that we uh-huh. can push it. I mean, because Janet Lee's on the fucking posters, you know. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: you know, and uh, you know, and then there's of <laughs> course the uh, advertisements that they put out saying, you know, no one gets into the movie after it started, and that right. was and that was a big thing back then because people would just show up when the fuck ever, you know. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was the first movie that, you know, they said, "Look, you are not going to get in." After this movie starts, because you know, people, because people would come in if they came in halfway through, like you, know, you just say, "Oh, I'm just going to swing by the theater and fucking sit, for, you know, watch the movie for half an hour, forty five minutes, or you know, the way we like might flip through the fucking channels."
0: Yeah, people, that seems a little bizarre nowadays.
1: Yeah, it does. But uh, you know, at the time, plus a lot of times you could, uh, you know, like when my dad was growing up, you know, he, you know, you go to the fucking matinee and you stay all day. And watch the same movie three or four times. <laughs> e- even when I was a kid, you could. There was one theater where you could still do that. I saw King Kong seventy six like twice in one day. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, because well, at the time I was fucking you know six seven years old. <laughs> well, wasn't <laughs> was what's her name?
0: Jessica Lange pretty cute in that? Oh yeah. Is that, and is that who's that? I think
1: there's a nip slip in that too. Oh,
0: that's enough to stay two times.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, especially when it's 40 feet tall. But, uh, <laughs> and, and the, but, um, uh, let's see. Going back to, uh, the casting, Vera Miles. She actually was not going to be in this, but she was under contract with Hitchcock, and she was supposed to be in Vertigo, it was going to be her last film for uh-huh. Hitchcock. And she got pregnant. Oh, really? So, it kind of, uh, kind of pissed him off. Yeah, but he got over it and he's like, well, you owe me one more picture. So I'll put you in psycho. Well,
0: she looks like she could have and, been, but um, she
1: is a fucking great actress.
0: Well, yeah, she, she looks like she could have been, I mean, just like physically, she looks like she could have been uh, Marion Crane's sister. Well, and, uh, and, and she, she, she was a pretty lady, but she, but she didn't, uh, overshadow Janet Leigh no you know, she was not quite a it, it would have been bizarre if they were flipped if the if the star was you know because I think she was in the movie, well, maybe she didn't have as much screen time but 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 running time so running time she times was in the movie longer. more
1: yeah, and uh, one of the things one of the advertisements uh actually has her in the shower really yeah what the what uh, Hitchcock did when he did the little promo he didn't really do a trailer because they didn't want to give away any scenes. Uh-huh. So he went out and uh, the trailer for this is really fucking funny because uh-huh. he, he will, he will like, he's like giving a tour of the murder scene.
2: Really? So
1: he, so he like goes into the office and like the picture where the peephole is, he's like, Oh, this picture is very important, but I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> and then he, he goes into the house and he's like, yes, the, the murder victim fell down these steps and his back was broken instantly. But. And he was right. all twisted and contorted when he hit the bottom. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> and then he goes and opens the shower curtain in room one and Vera miles is there screaming. Really? And it flashes the psycho logo over her face so that you really can't fucking tell. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Vera miles or was it?
2: <laughs> so,
1: you know, he fucked with you the whole time. It, the lead into this. And another great thing that happened was by not allowing people to come in after the show started and got all the theater managers to go along with it. Uh You show up, say you show up half an hour late. All right. So you buy your ticket for the next showing because they won't Uh let you in. Right. So then you go out front and wait in line. You know, you get there, say 20 minutes before it starts because you're not going to miss it again. Right, so now you've got this line of people that has bought their tickets standing out front in the theater and you send your you know paramount sending their publicity crews around filming these lines of people lined up to see psycho that's it and he's
0: he's, he's castle man he's william castle
1: yeah he I mean everything from the beginning this this screams William Castle except for it's fucking Hitchcock, and he Delivered a fucking masterpiece.
0: Oh, I was going to say, honestly, I don't know that, uh, I mean, I don't know that I've seen every William Castle film, but uh, I think Psycho is probably, is better than any uh, one of the ones I've seen.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, this was, I mean, it was really kind of a challenge for Hitchcock. He really wanted to see what he could do, you know, after having been in Hollywood, you know, since the silent era. Right. Or at least been making movies since the silent era.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, if he could go back to down and dirty, you know, black and white, uh, fucking million dollar budget. Did and, a great job. and you know, it doesn't, it just really goes to show it doesn't matter, you know, uh, budget, you know, fucking throwing $200 million at a screen is not going to fucking give you a great picture.
0: If you're a master at your craft like him, you're going to come out with a masterpiece.
1: Yeah. Uh, as far as casting goes, you know, you've got a great set of actors, a great ensemble cast, and you have know, the master of fucking suspense, and he fucking delivers all the fucking goods.
0: You know, before we, uh, before we stop, I just wanted to mention one thing. Uh, the, if you go to the Wikipedia page on this, it has a few sections towards the bottom about uh, uh, all, these, all these ways that you could interpret this movie. Now, and and I don't want to go into them really, but uh, basically there has been a lot of thought put into what, like what uh, Hitchcock put in there, you know, under layers and layers of, uh, you know, uh, of uh, story and suspense and stuff like that. And uh, how some people have actually interpreted interpreted the movie. And uh, I would would say go, I mean, I'm sure that maybe it's elsewhere and maybe it's better elsewhere. But as I was reading through it on Wikipedia, it's, it's absolutely, um, interesting. It's, it's, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't, I I, I didn't stop and take a look at the wiki page on this one, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Stefano was actually in therapy and that's one of the ways he sold, you know, because he was an inexperienced writer Uh and that's one of the ways he sold Hitchcock on letting him do the story. Was the fact that he was in therapy, and uh, the therapist he was dealing with was a woman who was of the Freudian school and was talking about mother issues and stuff. So I'm sure that, that a lot of that kind of stuff did find its way into it. As a matter of fact, uh,
0: well, and we're talking stuff like uh, the, uh, that. That uh, have a mansion had three four floors paralleling the three levels. Uh, that uh, what is it? Like, here to psycho psychoanalysis attributes to the human mind. Uh like the first floor would be the superego, um, you know, the the another one would be the ego and the basement would be the id and it was and basically there is some significance when she when he actually took his mother out of her room and took her to this to the basement to hide her. You mm-hmm. know, as if that uh as if that uh signified something. And uh I it's just like wow, I mean I wonder if that if they actually meant that, or if I wonder if people have just sat down and try and come up with the stuff because uh, it it just makes me wonder how deep and how great Alfred is, if um you know or if it's just he's that we think he's that great. Well, because he, obviously he's he's a you know he, he's a, he's a master at his craft, but if people are he he's just so good that. Uh, inadvertently he gives people these kind of, uh, tangents to go on.
1: Yeah. And, um, that, that I don't have the answer. And like I said, I haven't, no, looked, I, I, I don't I, know I, if there's, I, de- I haven't delved that far into it, but you, if you notice like, uh, in the scene where she's in, in the, uh, in the opening scene with her and Sam Loomis, uh-huh. you know, she talks about having the picture of her mother on the mantelpiece And he makes makes a remark. Well, you know, we'll turn the picture of mother around, right? You know, like you know, and then. uh, uh,
0: Well, you know, and those I think those are a little bit more on the surface. Where where, uh, go. I think you should go check this out because I mean, it's just it's bizarre. I mean, it's like it uh, it just totally goes into these deep and seemingly, you know, unrelated issues.
1: Yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely have to check that out because, you know, I, I am a huge fan of this movie, so I'm, I'd love to, see, I don't know, I'd, I'd be kind of curious myself how how much of it's intentional and how much of it is just people, you know, projecting.
0: Well, in but, either way, it's interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there.
0: <laughs> anyway, man, so what, any last thoughts?
1: Um, no, this movie sucks. No, I'm just <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I do feel like, I do want to apologize, I feel like I'm a little gushing and... Uh, but, uh, I, I, th- I don't, I don't, I, in fact, I don't think I need to apologize at all. Screw you people. This movie was, was everything it's, it, it's ever been said about it. It's that good.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why Norman Bates is on the AFI list of, you know, 100 best, uh, villains. Uh, he's got two of the 100 best quotes and this is one of the 100 best movies of all time, you know, across all genres.
0: Yeah. I think I you think- got 8.7 on the uh, IMDb or something
1: yeah um I can't, I can't imagine that anyone hasn't seen this movie but uh if if you haven't there there's fucking no excuse for it you've you've got to fucking see it it is on netflix streaming you know if you're a netflix member you can check it out uh didn't in there uh in the 50th anniversary coming out in their 50th anniversary edition i don't know whether it's out yet well, I, don't, fi- I don't know if, if there this is, is, is the, or not. Yeah, this is the 50th anniversary, and there yep. is is going to be a uh, brand new DVD release. That I can't wait to get my fucking Fifty years
0: old, wow! Yeah,
1: 1960 to 2010. Movie, man. Yeah, it it holds up today, and you know I'm I'm actually really anxious to uh, see what my daughter thinks of it now cool. that she's about through with it.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, it's always had a, a good pleasure. time as always.
1: Oh, you know it. Welcome to a night of
2: total terror.
1: When his bloody scalpel probes the forbidden secrets of a woman's flesh.
2: The dead will live on living flesh. It
4: came from the public domain. Hey folks, it's Aaron again with another edition of It Came From The Public Domain. Tonight we're going to be talking about Funeral Home, a.k.a. Cries in the Night from 1980 um written by no one that anyone cares about and directed by a guy who did some uh TV did some Friday the 13th the series Poltergeist the Legacy uh some of the new Outer Limits uh new as in the 90s version I guess and uh starring basically no one um except for horror fans may recognize uh Leslie Donaldson she was in uh Happy birthday to me, and curtains, and a few other things. Also, she was a voice of uh, several Ewoks in the uh, Ewoks cartoon. Uh, basically, she looks like a uh, beta version of Kathy Ireland, where the features are all there, but they're not quite working yet. Um, the story is about this girl who goes to help about her... Uh, grandmother who is converting the old family funeral home into a uh, tourist hotel and throughout the whole movie, uh, grandma talks about how great the grandfather was and how strict he was and how religious he was and that kind of thing. And then, of course, guests show up and they do things that aren't uh, according, that don't go by those rules and she doesn't like them and uh, talks about how grandfather is going to not be happy. Of course, eventually these people... Die. When someone gets stabbed or beaten with a shovel, when gets their car run into a quarry, uh, different things happen. We're never quite sure what happens. We hear, uh, grandma talking in the cellar to the grandfather, but we never see him. I mean, I think if you've seen, it, like you can tell where this is going. But, uh, the girl starts to get suspicious. Uh, her new boyfriend tells her, you know different stories about her grandfather that doesn't mat- that don't match up with what the grandmother is telling her. Uh, it turns out one of the guests in the hotel is also there uh, to investigate the disappearance of his wife, and it appears that the wife and the grandfather were having an affair, which doesn't match up to what she's been told. Another couple in the hotel is a man. These are one of the people that don't uh, adhere to the. Uh, grandmother's strict uh moral ideas uh there are a man who's cheating on his wife and the woman he's cheating with is is the one with him who the woman complained like non-stop about everything and the only thing i could think was if this is the woman he's cheating with how bad must his wife be but uh they don't end up too well like i said the end of the movie uh It's pretty obvious, but still pretty good. The uh, woman that plays the grandmother is a pretty good actress. Um, There's some good moments. Um, It's kind of a slasher movie, more of a Psycho-type mystery. Uh, Like I said, this wasn't a very long one this week because I can't really say a whole lot without spoiling it, even though I'm sure you've probably already figured it out. But uh, it's a great movie. Well, not great, but it's a good little movie as far as these things go. And uh, if you like Psycho, if you like these kind of things, just uh, check it out and we'll talk to you later bye
0: Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Cadaver Lab podcast where me and Johnny, how's it going Johnny? Pretty good man, how's it going? Not bad, we're going to be talking about some uh, Lucky McKee flicks. Hell yeah man, I am really pumped for this episode. You know what these, I, I mean, if only for May, getting to watch May again, that was freaking a great idea because I forgot how awesome that movie was. Well, you know?
3: I'm going to go ahead and let you in on a secret right now. Spoiler alert! I, I, I love all three of these movies man, like a lot. Like, would you marry him? Um, I'd marry May. I would probably just uh, fornicate with the other two.
0: Well, that's okay. Would you? I, I assume you'd let him give you handy. Yeah, if Misty Monday is involved, you know <laughs> it's all good. Uh, sweet dude. So, uh, you seen any cool stuff before we get started? Seen any cool stuff? Any other horror goings ons? Is that a word? Uh,
3: let's see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it is. Um, I just watched today. I watched Black Sunday. Ah, oh, solid. The Bava movie. Uh, you know what? And as I watched it, I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I may have not
0: ever seen it. I thought I'd seen it in the past, but I don't know. Uh-huh.
3: But I'm wondering why you and Steven haven't talked about that one yet.
0: You know what? That's actually a good idea. In fact, uh, we're talking about... We just uh, we haven't recorded yet. We're actually recording it backwards. But we talked about Psycho. And you know what? That's probably a good one to get get for next time. That makes it easy. Yeah, man. I mean, that it's it's a solid witch movie, man. I actually really love that movie. Yeah, I mean... I, it,
3: I'm not. I don't know a whole lot about Mario Bava. I know a lot more about his son, Lamberto, because yeah. the high quality
0: of movies that
3: guy puts out. I but I think <laughs> I think when I was a kid though, Lamberto's stuff was the stuff that I had more access to at the well, video right. store. Demons, right? Oh, demons. Um, I actually Macab. watched
0: Demons uh, this this last week. I freaking love that movie. You know what my favorite part of Demons is. I don't mean to cut you off, but real quick, I just want to tell you my favorite part of Demons: the guy's doing blow off that girl's exposed breast. Um, (laughs) I like
3: both those movies, man. In fact, I think I like the second one better.
0: I didn't even, you didn't, did Lambert Obama do that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll check. He did all three three of them. Nothing nothing for the uh, blow off uh, of a lady's boob? Nothing?
3: Dude, uh, I've seen Michael Keaton snort blow off a chick's ass, so.
0: You have seen Michael Keaton? Yes, Michael Keaton. Where? How?
3: I think it was in that movie uh, Clean and Sober, is that the movie? I think so. The one he was like nominated for a bunch of awards back. Is
0: it? Was it a horror movie? No, I don't know. It was like I'm a three, shit.
3: It was like a three and a half hour like drug recovery movie.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, but well, it, that sounds like that just sounds like a sunny, happy time.
3: It was not. I mean, it, it was nominated for awards, but it I didn't like it. I like Michael really? Keaton, but oh sure, and I like hookers, but. <laughs> And you like blow. And I like bl- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, where were you going with the Lamberto Bava stuff? No, I was just saying that, like, Macabre, um, you know, um, what did he do? Did he do Delirium? Like, a lot of those movies I, I had ac- access to as a kid.
0: Really, yeah. Where I didn't, like, I didn't,
3: sense. I didn't know a lot about Mario Bava until I was, you know, a lot older.
0: Well, right, because, I mean, uh, Lambertos came out right in the boom of VHS-type stuff with the awesome covers. You know, you, you walk through the horror section at your local VHS store and man, I'll tell you what, I I chose a lot of movies based on the awesome cover.
3: Oh, and VHS covers were a million times better than DVD covers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt.
3: Yeah. I uh, I also picked uh well actually I didn't pick it up. Um my girlfriend picked me up a DVD four pack today. What's on it? It has My Best Friend Is a Vampire. Okay. Re- repossessed with Linda Blair and Leslie Nielsen.
0: Oh, oh, I've seen that. That's funny. Slaughter Not really, High.
3: But- Excellent! I can't wait to see Marty's wiener get dragged across the ground again.
0: <laughs> I'll bet.
3: <laughs> and uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night three. Oh, really? Which out of these four movies? That's kind of a weird one to throw in. There's uh, like the third, the third movie
0: in a series. Dude, do you know? You want to hear something funny? What's that? Is that uh, okay? So you got Silent Night, Deadly Night three in your four pack. Well, I this week met Don Shanks, who was uh, um. Michael Myers in Halloween 5. He was uh, the fisherman, and I still know what you did last summer. And he was also Santa in Silent Night, Deadly Night. The original? The original. And it's funny because he said that uh, he's been getting, uh, what do you call those? Uh, royalty? Checks, royalty checks from all of them because apparently they spliced in just some footage of him. in, in Apparently in all the... All the uh, uh, sequels or whatever.
3: Which, which uh, Santa was he? Was he the one that killed his parents? or was uh, he... You know,
0: I have no idea because I haven't, I haven't, I don't even know if I've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. In fact, the first I, got, I got, well, in years, oh. if I hadn't seen it. But I actually did just get it from Netflix to watch, having just talked to him. I actually got to sit down with him in, uh, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, we did the salty horror, um, we call that uh, the, the model search for some spokes girls. And uh, he was one of the judges for that. And me and him, we, we got to sit in the VIP room at the club, and we just bs for about an hour and a half. Were there, you like,
3: just... strippers and stuff in there, VIP? No.
0: no. I will not say anything else.
3: <laughs> you didn't end up, well, I mean, you sure that was demons that involved the coke snorting off boobs?
0: I will not say anything else. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, that sounds fun, man. I, I, that... No, he's a freaking awesome dude, and it's funny because uh, he gave. I mean, even though he was only in Halloween Five, he, he freaking knew a ton about um, you know four and five because uh, they were both filmed here in, around uh, the Salt Lake area, and uh, basically, um, uh, I think that's I think that's finally my in for Danielle Harris. Uh, but, yeah. I don't Sweet. Know.
3: I think if you want to get in with Daniel Harris, you're going to have to, you know, Robert Hall, who directed *Laid to Rest*.
0: Oh yeah, I think you're going to have to. Um, oh, in in *Blood Night*. N-
3: w- no, Robert Hall's the guy who directed *Laid to Rest*, and he directed um, *Lightning Bug*, and oh, he he owns know. that special effects studio, *Almost Human*. I mean, anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's her boyfriend now. So you'll have to you'll have to like joust him like American yeah, but that, Gladiator. But that style. guy's
0: a pussy. <laughs> I could see I- that. I actually have no idea. I don't even know who it is.
3: He has one of those, like, it's not a faux hawk, but it's kind of a hip and trendy mohawk.
0: Oh, you S- know what? S- those dudes, not only... You can dude, take them. Not only is it easy to take, but they deserve it. You know? Yeah. Holy well, crap. You, well,
3: you know why he deserves it also?
0: No. Be- because C- he's going out with Danielle Harris?
3: Well, because he was married to Bobby Sue Luther, who was in... She was the main chick in Lady Oh, West, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And he left her for Daniel fucking Harris.
0: Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't. I see that as a step up. Actually. Oh
3: no way, dude! Really? Bobby C. Luther is
0: smoking. Yeah, but she but uh, she always looks kind of like she's uh, coming off the streets when I, I see pictures with you and her.
3: Dude, I'm really confused. <laughs> how that's a bad thing? Oh, uh, no. that's a gr- that's a great point. My bad. <laughs> that picture of me and her. Um, I felt really bad because I. I was. I saw her coming out of this room at the convention. I said, like, "Hey!" I was like, "Can I get a picture with you?" She goes, "Yeah, if you don't mind me coming out of the gym." And I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, that's fine." So she just got done working out, and you know, and I, Dude, can, I can use that to my she advantage. She looks like
0: she's actually dropped quite a few pounds. I mean, not that she, I mean, not that she was uh, uh, like she was just a little voluptuous, you know. Well, well you know, I don't know if you. And is. I really and I really liked that in laid to rest. And she had those big old, you know.
3: Well, they're really not that big. She uses a lot of push-up bras.
0: Well, you know what? I like. I prefer to picture her like that. Well, and you, not not super skinny how she was in that picture with you. You wanna hear? You, know her, what I'm
3: saying? <laughs> you wanna hear a fun fact? Sure. Um, she actually. You said she dropped a lot of weight. She actually. She was the chick in Cabin Fever Two in the pool. That was her.
0: Cabin Fever Two. The chick in
3: the pool, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was her, and she lost a lot of weight for Lady Rest. <laughs> I guess she just kept losing the weight. <laughs>
0: uh, that is awful. <laughs> you just <laughs> she dropped it. That, <laughs> that is terrible. She, I mean, I'm not saying she was like freaking. I, I was just saying. She, I,
3: you uh, don't, I know, you, I know what you're saying. Well, she was say, like Lindsay Lohan when she first came on the scene, and she was healthy looking.
0: Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Listen, I'm not, look, I'm not going to sit here and and judge you on your body type, you know, as a, as far as a person is concerned. But I'll tell you what, I I mean, having a little bit more, you know, not not like you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like her, like, like her and laid to rest, I think is better than than freaking, uh, you know, sunken cheeks and uh, you you know what I'm saying. Again. No, I
3: totally agree, man. Um, and that's that's what like. Angela Bettis, who was in all the movies, well, yeah, oh. all the movies we watched
0: pretty much. I, she, I don't find her very attractive.
3: I think if she puts some weight on, she could probably
0: be attractive. I you know I will I will agree with that, but until she does, I'm going to withhold my uh, my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean because now you know what, she what can be cast you know as what, and you know what's important, she's a good person. Okay, and that's what's really important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. you <laughs> you want me to tell my Lucky McKee story? Uh, you know what? I want to talk about a couple things, and then let's get into uh, uh, Lucky McKee. Word. First of all, I just want to mention that I saw Kick Ass this week. Oh man, did you, you see like that? it? I thought it was freaking awesome.
3: Yeah, I remember on that? Uh, yeah, I thought. I mean, I I think it's the best movie I've seen in the theater this year.
0: Uh, you know, and it was shocking to me because I mean, here I was, you know, I sit down and I'm flipping through what movies to watch, and you know, I said, okay, I'll I'll check this one out. So I turn it on, and like, you know, within like. 10 15 minutes, I was totally into it, and it was. I, I really enjoyed it.
3: It was one of those movies you don't want to end because it's so, like,
0: I don't know, it keep, keeps you so it, into it. Yeah, those are so rare anymore. Even, you know, even with some horror movies, it's like, you know, you just like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over, you oh, know? Yeah. But even, even if I like it, you know, but this one, no, I was, it was good. I really liked it.
3: Oh, yeah, and I actually, um, even though I didn't like a lot of the songs in the movie, I thought. It worked very well with the movie, you
0: know. And I, and, you know, I actually feel that way about May today with, oh. with uh, things with May. But but lucky I, out I didn't all even know Well, uh, I I will agree with you because yeah. there yeah there was some never mind. I think well I
3: think the music in his movies is its own separate actor.
0: You know, it's funny is because in Kick Ass, I didn't really I didn't really wasn't really cognizant of the music quite as much. It's you're you're know, watching I, all the Kick Ass. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I mean it was, it, I was I mean I'm pretty shocked. I was I'm pretty stoked that I saw it. And and that was one that I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to see. You know, some stupid ass kids and their superheroes, that's bullshit, but it was good. <laughs> it yeah. Was good.
3: And you know, Nicholas Cage, he a uh, he's got several movies this year lined up that look pretty good. I mean, not because of him, but just, you know, it's kind of good to see him getting back into movies that may kind of help to um I don't Dude, know. Dude,
0: are, are you saying you don't like The Wicker Man? Oh, I Ah, uh, I can't. Even,
3: I, I can't even talk about that remake. Did you hear? You know, he I Chris, loved that remake. Whatever, you're full of shit. No,
0: dude, I thought it. Yeah, I
3: am full. Of I'll shit. say if you if you like that <laughs> remake, I'm walking off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But did you hear Christopher Lee and uh, Nicholas Cage are in that movie? Um, uh, what is it? Season of the Witch that's coming out.
0: Oh, the, oh right. And they Chris, are.
3: Yeah, Christopher Lee said because you know that's his favorite role he ever did. Right. And he, he said on some interview recently, I think it was on Anticool News, Nicholas Cage and him started talking about the Wicker Man, and Nicolas Cage just sat there and stressed out because he, didn't underst- he was explaining to Christopher Lee he didn't understand why nobody liked the remake. And, and Chris, <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Lee had explained to him that they just didn't, that he took a cult film and they basically didn't know what they were doing with it.
0: Oh, it was just, you know what it, it it had no direction. It was just like, ugh, I, it was just I I just did not like it. I didn't like Nicolas Cage in it. And I'll be honest with you, there are only a few movies that I quote unquote really like Nicolas Cage in. And I, Kick Ass, I wouldn't say that I loved Nicolas Cage in it, but I think I think he did the job. I think he it wasn't him that had to carry the movie. No, you know, and that's why but, it was good. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, I liked him in Con Air. I mean, I don't know if I liked him necessarily or if I just like the stupid action of Con Air, and I don't care what you say, okay? I like Con Air.
3: Hey, I like John Malkovich.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was in that. That's right. He's like respectable or some crap.
3: He's he Cyrus the Virus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, but- Dude. Oh, man. No, oh, but, but uh, so, so what was the outcome of that uh, conversation?
3: Which conversation? Oh, no, well, he, he Christopher Lee just said he really had not a – he didn't have a whole lot to say to him about it because
0: he – If he, you are this stupid, then I will not I will not honor you with my explanation. Well,
3: he said to him there are certain movies that don't need remakes. Rosemary's Baby, The Wicker Man, The Exorcist. There are certain movies that just don't need them. And I think Nicolas Cage just had a, has a hard time grasping the concept that uh-huh. he, he made a shitty movie.
0: Well, you would think he'd be used to it by then.
3: Well, you know, I mean, I would think at some point he had to watch Ghost Rider. Or or, um, any other movie he's done in the last 15 years.
0: You know, I've probably seen Ghost Rider three or four times, only because it's on TNT constantly. And uh, and, uh, my wife likes that movie. Well, I mean...
3: It has a lot of uh,
0: CW-type dudes in it. Those are my favorite (laughs) <laughs> Th- those are my very favorite dudes. And I, you know, my if if I did have one one um, you know real problem with the movie is that they had too many shirts on. There wasn't enough uh, you know man chest time in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice, dude. Okay, and and, and uh, we'll get into Lucky McGee real quick. But I want to mention one thing that was funny. So today I. I go to, you know, I check my email from time to time, and and uh, I saw an email from a person that I've never received an email from before. And, you know, it happens, you know, quite often. It's not... Oh, I, know, get, I get emails
3: all the time from half-off Viagra.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this was actually someone who I pissed off, apparently, in an earlier episode of the, of the uh, podcast. And I don't know what episode it was, but apparently I said something to... Um, Kind of uh, denigrate emo kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: come on, man! No, I'm I serious. Need... Oh, I, I, I'm gonna say something bad here. I should no, just not talk.
0: Now, now listen. I'm not gonna give you the name. And basically, and, and it's a. I mean, this is like a two-page-long email too. Oh my god! I I hope he's not listening because I'm about to waste him. <laughs> uh, but. Well, okay, so and and I didn't respond and I'm not going to respond because first of all, you'll know why once I basically give you the gist of the of the email. Okay. Basically, he said he cannot believe how um uh what do you call it? Like uh insensitive I was that to make a joke that is makes fun of emo kids because I obviously don't understand what it's about and I never will. Basically, he 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 uh um used little anecdotes from his life to say how you know how serious he is and and how awesome you know the only thing keeping this guy going is the emo stuff you know and that's fine listen when i was a young guy i mean metal was it for me you know i was really into it it helped me through a lot of tough times right but i the funny thing is to me is basically he just he just said that I'll, I'll just never understand, so I shouldn't even try. So I thought to myself, first of all, why would you send the two-page email if I'm never going to understand and I shouldn't try? That's number one. Number two, this just, does this just mean I'm getting old? I don't – because I, no, I don't even really I don't not. even really know what emo is. In fact, I dare say that when I made an emo joke, which I can't remember doing it. I can't remember the instance. I don't remember um,
3: exactly, but I remember something
0: along those lines. And it's just like I don't even really know what it is except and, – and, and even on Facebook today, I was like, okay – um, emo is just like a type of uh, music for uh, like kind of almost punk music for girls and wussy goth dudes. But but it's, it's is that it, is that right? No, let me explain to you. Emo, I'm, oh, not, okay.
3: I'm not completely. I mean, people will throw that term around like it means something. It means jack shit.
0: Well, and Here, listen, we're, we're, and I've I've only heard of the probably some of these flippant remarks about emo. So that's where I'm coming from. Well, and here's the thing with
3: emo. Okay. So the stuff that's going on now is not emo. Emo was a brand, a style of music that came out in the mid-90s that nobody gave a shit about. And it was basically music that was considered overly emotional and along those lines. So kind of stuff for uh, wussy dudes and girls. Exactly. But here's the thing. About, I don't know. Name some bands.
0: Name some bands so I can get get kind of a... I, you know um, what
3: from back then I, I don't even think I could man I mean because there, it wasn't my kind of music I know you also
0: have to realize that's I mean what? that that's when like all the weird ass maybe like um, sunny
3: day real estate that kind of shit. I don't oh, know
0: I don't even know what that is
3: but a, a lot of bands that were signed to like independent labels okay so well, that
0: you, that was when all the alternative stuff when like a band could come out with one like bizarre song that hits and then have they never put, hear from uh, again. And then again and then write 12 other shitty songs and then sell a million uh, albums you exactly. know exactly it anyway. was it was
3: basically when grunge and alternative was ending and the mediocre rock period was hitting like uh, can you take that, sorry. Well, that or, uh, I I almost just hold busted right
0: my in. hand
3: I won't hold my hand or that if Hoody, you ever blowfish.
0: say anything about hootie again I will personally drive to Oklahoma City and extract your nuts from your nutsack and stick them in your ears if you like Darius fuck rucker I <laughs> oh, oh, good one! Ooh, what a you, 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 uh, you're you just slipped up there, right? I yeah, yeah. I bet say Darius t- Fuzzer. Oh, oh, good one. Huh. But now, anyway, you know, honestly, I can't. I can only. I, I'm sure I know a lot of Hootie and the Blowfish songs. I do know that there's a Hootie and the Blowfish and that they were huge.
3: And I know his name is not Hootie. Okay, so I had a friend later come to me, and he was in the new movement of emo, and he was one of those guys who you know. You know, wear the skinny jeans and all that. and Oh,
0: I've heard of skinny jeans.
3: And basically, okay, what it is basically is you go into your girlfriend's closet. Okay. And, and you find a pair of her pants that, you know, looks like it would almost fit you, but it's not too girly. You throw wow, them on. either
0: he's really little or his girlfriend's pretty fat.
3: Yeah. And, then, and then what you do is you, you call up Stevie Wonder and you say, Mr. Wonder, I have long hair. Can you cut it, like, just a little bit? <laughs> and so what he does is Stevie Wonder comes in and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know he starts singing one of his songs, you know. and so basically they have like you know a little bit of spiky in the front, long in the back, like a uh, a purple strand on the side
0: uh, i've I've actually seen this stuff okay. here's here's what it is it's basically i just thought that the, was the,
3: like the just... goths and the punk kids had nowhere to go, mm-hmm. so basically they they heard of emo and they're like, oh well, these bands, um oh you know these these bands like uh My Chemical Romance and all these bands these are emo this is this is emo- and emo oh. all it ever stood for was emotional music, it was just emotional i My-
0: my Chemical Romance. What about? Uh, oh my gosh! What about that that one band with the I mean, that my, they?
3: My Chemical Romance really isn't emo, but they're considered emo, I guess.
0: What about uh, that band from uh, Provo? What's that? What's that? That the, the, the lead singer dated uh, Kelly Osborne.
3: Oh crap! I could not even tell you, dude.
0: Oh, uh, dude! No, come, come on! Come on! Come on! There's a oh shit! They're from here, dude. They uh, it and they were huge here. Oh, and the Killers. No. No,
3: they're not. Oh, no, that's no, from it, Vegas.
0: It was, uh, damn it. They, oh, they have like this little red heart, and they're Oh, supposed... uh, fucking, um, little red.
3: Oh, I know this, dude. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, AFI?
0: No, but, but AFI, I would assume that they, they kind of fit in there. Damn
3: well, me. AFI used to be a punk band, and somewhere along the lines, they all got, um, their balls cut off.
0: <laughs> and I've, I've only heard them in the balls cut off, uh, Yeah, they used to be. Uh,
3: well, you know who first signed them? Uh-uh. Dexter Holland signed them to his record label, the guy from Offspring. Really? And, yeah, and their first, like, four or five albums were, like, just like Offspring-type stuff, punk. Like, early Offspring, not the new Offspring, because that's bullshit, too. <laughs> but then somewhere along the lines, the guys from AFI were like, You know what? I think my girlfriend's clothes look pretty good.
0: Are you Well, yeah, those dudes kind of look like girls, which is cool, because I, I actually, I've only heard one of their songs, but I assume that they kind of were like... Um, just just kind of like girly. You know, what? it's so funny cuz it just kind of reminds me of the 80s. It, it it's like
3: glam, but it's like a more depressed glam.
0: Yeah. And, you know, exactly.
3: You know, and I re- okay, here's the thing. I have nothing against emo kids. Nothing. I mean, to me it's it's just a style. It's something I hot, do. Hot I do apparently I do
0: because because uh, I just will never understand is what I'm is what I'm thinking.
3: But as soon as you know you know after i graduated from high school and i started you know getting jobs and people were talking about emo and talking about these new bands and they were dressing in skinny jeans i'm like you know what that's just a style that's not emo these kids don't know what emo is it, go back go back and search 90s emo eight, even 80s like late 80s emo and you will see something completely different and these kids never heard of the, any of that crap they're just going based off of what the like today's culture is selling them that would be like people listening saying, "Oh, I listen to punk music." I listen to Blink One Eighty Two. That's not punk music. <laughs> um, you want punk? Why don't we go back and listen to some some old school stuff? Um, you know, go back and listen to some Dirty Rotten Imbeciles
0: or something. Don't, dude. I gotta make a, I gotta make a, uh, a, a confession. I have never been a big punk fan.
3: I I actually like a lot of the old stuff and even some of the new stuff. But to me, it's it's all so similar. The used. They're that's not the punk. band
0: that's from here. that's oh. no, the band that's from here that's emo.
2: Oh,
3: and I had to see them live, thought, and they sucked a sack live, dude. I didn't see that. The, I didn't go for them. You should though. see
0: how big they were here. I is that is that what we're talking about though?
3: Yeah, that, I, I, I that's
0: assume, pretty much it. Okay, because you know what, I would see all sorts of douchebags walking around that were that, that tried to you know that were really quote unquote stylish and wearing the used stuff. You know, right? right. Uh, okay.
3: Well, you know what's funny is one of my favorite musicians is Elliot Smith. He's a uh, a folk alter- alternative, like, singer-songwriter. Uh-huh. He's dead now, but he uh, he joked because when the emo thing hit in the early 2000s, like the big, like the new one, uh-huh. he joked about how that was the style of him and all of his friends back in the early 90s in uh, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle. And they actually, he has pictures of all of them back then wearing all the jeans like that and everything, but back then it wasn't that they... Went out and bought the jeans like that. It was that they were all on drugs and they actually fit into those girl <laughs> jeans. So it's it's funny to me because it's like he he thought it was funny that ten years later these kids are like oh well I'm this but you know right they're not really this right they're wearing well, girls jeans because they want to not because they're on heroin and they need to.
0: Well, you know what I have to admit that back in the you know in the early to mid nineties I was wearing some uh, plaid and or not what do you call that shit? flannel uh, flannel. Oh, you know, come—I mean, come on! I was a sheep. We're I'm, all sheep.
3: I'm pretty sure I saw you in the Teen Spirit video.
0: Dude, you know what? Did you see the guy with, with it was uh, hanging brain in the back? That was me. <laughs> were you? The... I was. I was also in uh, Teen Wolf. <laughs> were you the My guy that, was that really exposed a yourself? Smaller back then. Yeah, that well, was me.
3: In the Teen Spirit video, were you the guy that um, kicked Wesley? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sam Bayer in the balls. I don't know who Sam Bayer is. He's the but director I... of Elm Street. Uh, of what? The new Elm Street.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, but did he, did he direct that video? Yeah. He's no actually,
3: way. he's known for all his big videos.
0: How did he screw that? Never mind. He didn't have to worry about plot and storyline and pacing of a movie anyway.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh man. Wow, dude. That was, that was a tangent and a half. Hey,
0: sorry about that. Listen, I mean, I, hey, you know I mean, what? half, half of me is like, you know, I, half of me is like seriously just like, wow, you know? Apparently, I hurt this kid's feelings, and I kind of feel bad for it. But the other part, it, he just ended up kind of ending off his whole uh, email with, "You'll just never understand me, and and what I do." It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right.
3: You know what, Mike? Before what? the show, you and I talked about this. Um, <laughs> the thing is, we're not trying to offend people, and Mike and I talked about how basically. We like things people don't like. People like things that we don't like. It doesn't mean we can't all be friends and stuff. You know, you it, know maybe right, maybe, maybe Mike and I don't understand that culture. But, I mean, don't get offended or upset about
0: it. Just, you know, accept it as that. But you don't understand my culture, okay? All right, sorry. I, I don't know why I'm still bagging on that kid. Listen, man, I apologize. If you, if you still listen to the show, which I doubt it, and I hope you didn't, and I hope you don't after that, because if you're listening to this right now, I'm about to get, like, a 12-page email.
3: Oh, wow, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Uh, I love being, uh, mean. (laughs) I'd like to, I'd like
3: to mention something. Uh, you know, Jonathan, Johnny's film for him. Tabraham. Tabraham. Um, he keeps telling me he's sending me emails to the Cadaver Lab email address, but Uh I haven't gotten one of them. So, um, I just want to put that out there. I told him a couple times, but I don't know if he got those messages. But yeah, I haven't received Uh, any emails.
0: Really? Um, if you maybe you should CC me on them unless they're uh, private. I don't know. I don't know why it's not working. If it isn't,
3: yeah, he keeps telling me. Yeah, I'm sorry about the if I went too long in the email, and I'm like, I didn't get an email, dude. <laughs>
0: oh, I'll check into that. Man. I feel
3: bad because yeah, he's like a fun dude to talk to, man.
0: Yeah, he is. And then here you are being a dick and not responding to any of his emails. I'm not getting him. <laughs> he's probably like, you know what? You know what that Johnny guy? I write him an email. He probably just gets frustrated now. He just thinks he's so bad to the bone because he's not emo. That motherfucker. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, oh, Johnny, you're a jerk. <laughs> not, yeah. not 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 Tabraham, you. Oh. You. Oh, you crew. know what? I thought for a
3: second there you were taking no, a No, I'm only
0: mean to one listener per episode.
3: Okay. Well, I would never be mean to Tabraham.
0: Well, well, wow, don't we all feel good about ourselves? (laughs) He's a (laughs) badass dude, man. He is. Uh, By the way, I saw that you were going to put out a uh, Kruger Nation. Didn't see it.
3: Uh, Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, the storm, we've been getting hit hard here in Oklahoma. That has something to do with it, and the lighting in the video after I filmed it was so bad that I couldn't release it. I have to refilm it.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what, I'm glad that you took that into consideration because the first Kruger Nation where we're going to see your nipples, I want it to be bright.
3: Well, and even though it's a little dark, you still see the sparkle. You know, I got the sequins around the nipples, so you still still see that a little. I hate you. (laughs) I just...
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude, why don't we take a break real quick, and then uh, we'll talk about some Lucky McKee. What do you think? Sweet,
3: man, let's do it. If you've got 30
1: minutes to kill, let us help vices and teramo horror movie reviews and more check us out that's vices
4: and
0: So, uh, today we're talking about Lucky McKee, and Johnny, you brought up this, uh, uh, this topic. Uh, what, uh, what for? I mean, what, what, what led you to choose this topic?
3: Uh, well, I'm a big fan of Lucky McKee, and I actually got a chance to meet him at Texas Frightmare Weekend. Kick ass? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was after the fact that I, it was after I made an ass of myself that I was able to enjoy his company.
0: You know, I'll tell you what, uh, make, uh, people who make an ass of themselves are more endearing well, and, and, and
3: here's what happened. I Okay, you know, at, at convention. He was not listed as a guest at all.
0: Uh-huh. And I mean,
3: not even the day of the convention. I checked the website. He was not on there. If he was, I would make a point of knowing what he looked like. <laughs> and keep okay. in mind, I've seen the movie Roman. I know what he, I've seen him in that. But he doesn't look like that in person. In Roman, he would, had a shaved head and, like, you know, face stubble. Yeah. Okay, here's what happened. At the convention, I was walking by. And the first day, on Friday, I walked by a booth... And there was a bunch of Lucky McKee stuff on a the table. There was no signs that said Lucky McKee, nothing like that. And, uh-huh. I, and I walked and I stopped and talked to this guy and I said, Hey, man, I said, uh, I said, so what's going on, man? And I said, uh, he's like, nothing. And we, you know, we kind of, sh- you know, shot the shit for a second. Uh-huh. Then I walked off and the second day I came back and I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, I passed this booth a few times and it's just really weird that at Texas Frightmare, you guys are selling all this Lucky McKee shit and he's not even here. <laughs> and, and and he goes, actually, uh, um, I'm him.
0: Are you kidding? And I you? said, and I was
3: like, what? And he's like, yeah. And and I was like, oh, you know what? And he goes, obviously, you haven't seen Roman. It's like, I have seen Roman. I just, I, you look different because he has he had like mid length curly hair and a full beard and glasses on. He looked nothing like he did in Roman.
0: Obviously, you've never seen Roman, jackass. No,
3: he didn't say it like an asshole. He said it. He he's like, he's like, oh, well, you've obviously. Never, and he kind of chuckled and stuff. And I said, dude, I said, I said, this is awesome to meet you. And I shook his hand. I said, I said, um, I have all the movies that are on your table. What can I buy? Because I will buy something from me. And he's like, well, uh, well, I have um, the soundtrack for all of my movies. And it basically had the score for all of his movies he's done. And I said, okay, I want that. And he like signed it to Johnny. And I said, my girlfriend is just as big a fan of you. I mean, she is a huge fan. So he's like, oh, okay. And I said, um, and I'm like panicking trying to find her. And I'm like screaming across the convention, I'm like, Shelly, Shelly. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, he's he's like, it's fine, man. He's fine. He's like, just come back and you know, we'll all hang out. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 she's going to love this. She's going to love it. And, uh, <laughs> finally she comes over and I said, Shelly, Shelly, look at this. And she looks at him and I said, this is Lucky McKee. And she looked at him. Tilts her head to the side. She's like, oh, my God. And you know, he, he comes out. We got pictures with him. And we talked to him for a good 20 minutes. And he was down to earth. He was really – I mean, he wasn't like an asshole. He didn't even – he seemed like a convention goer. He didn't even seem like a director. Really cool. Oh, he was such a cool dude. And, and I told him, I said, man, I said, uh, I am just, you know, just blown away by your movies because he doesn't try to please people. He doesn't go in there and say, well, I'm going to do this in 3D because that's going to make money back. He, he goes in there and he makes – a, he makes a final product that people can enjoy, but he doesn't do it for with like a gimmick or something.
0: So today we're going to be talking about The Woods, May, and The, the Masters of Horse Sick Girl. You mentioned he's done Roman. Now what's Now, what's Roman? I've never seen that.
3: Okay, Roman is a companion piece to May, and he wrote it also, and basically...
0: Oh, I've heard of this.
3: Yeah, basically, Angela Bettis, who plays May, she directed it. And he oh had,
0: you're oh my gosh! yeah, and right.
3: he, he had the script ready, and he had several directors who wanted to do it, but he, none of them understood where he was coming from and After he made May and he like became really close friends with Angela Bettis, huh, they both realized that this was a movie that she could direct because they were you know so in, they were so into each other 's heads and, no way, and so basically he plays the same kind of character that's isolated and You know, obsessed with someone. But, I mean, the story's not, I mean, it's similar, but it's completely different at the same time.
0: Dude, I just put Roman at the top of my Netflix queue.
3: Oh, dude, yeah, I have it. It's a cool movie, man. You could buy it at Walmart for, like, five bucks. I mean, they talk about how, he talked about how, you know, Angelo Bettis is his soulmate. Not in a, like, love kind of way, but in, like, a, you know, I guess in an artsy kind of way.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. She puts on a little bit of weight, and then it's the love kind of way. Exactly. You know, oh my more, gosh, that more was pushing rude. For I the apologize. Cushion. I'm an Wait,
3: idiot. no more pushing for the cushion. What the fuck is that? Pushing. I had that backwards.
0: <laughs> more pushing for the cushion. Yeah.
3: Well, wow. um, but um, he said at the convention that as long as he's making movies, he's gonna put her in everything he does, and he has. Well,
0: she was. She's. Yeah. She was. She was. Uh. She was even in the woods as uh, like a voiceover, right? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. She was the
3: voice in the woods. She was, she was the main voice.
0: Awesome, dude. So, I mean, I, I think it's really
3: cool. and um,
0: You I know, that made it really easy to do Six Degrees to Bruce Campbell. but all three of these movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> but, no, he was the coolest dude. And, you know, and it's funny. Every time we passed him after that, mm-hmm. he was, you know, hey, what's up, man? It's really cool to see you again. He was such a cool dude. And, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He was awesome. And did Even I though mention, you
0: didn't give a shit who he was until you found out who he was? I,
3: but, you know, what's funny, though, is I'm I just, just thought there were vendors. I thought he was just the vendor selling his stuff. You know, like maybe a friend of right. his came to the. Con- I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. But that's cool, man. But, it, and something I didn't know either is he's like nine foot tall.
0: You know, I saw the picture of you. What he's, I, he's got to be what six five or six six or something.
3: Uh, taller than that. I'm six, almost six two, and he was he towered me. Really? Yeah. So he, he's got to be at least seven foot tall.
0: <laughs> Holy crap! No way is he seven foot tall. I,
3: I'll bet he is. I, I mean, right. I, I would put him pretty close, man. He... Alright,
0: we're we're putting this show on hold. I can't believe Angela Bennett's. He's six more... six. No way. He is six six. According to IMDB. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you were looking inside his pants. <laughs> wow,
3: he seemed he seemed uh he seemed really tall, dude.
0: Well dude, six six is really tall. I mean it is, but he it's just... not like NBA tall. Well he seemed I mean... like
3: he seemed like I was standing next to freaking um What's his name? Tiny from Devil's Rejects.
0: Dude, that's just your self worth, man. <laughs> you just need to have better self confidence, okay? All right. He's huge. <laughs> man, that's a huge bitch. Cool, man. No, that's awesome. He- uh, because he's done. Uh... Oh, sorry, did I cut you off? No, you're cool. I was just going to talk about some of the other movies he's done. I mean, uh, he hasn't done a heck of a lot of other horror besides the ones we're going to be talking about. I mean, he did a movie called All Cheerleaders Die, which uh, apparently was his first directed movie or uh, sorry, first movie that he's directed. And uh, he actually did uh, part of, uh, I guess he, he co-directed Red, which is uh, the Jack Ketchum novel, or sorry, uh, based movie based on uh, Jack Ketchum's novel. Basically, uh, it starred uh, Frank Cox. Oh,
3: Frank Cox. Yeah. I just watched a movie with him the other day. I watched a Long Kiss Goodnight.
0: Well, how about that? Yeah, Frank <laughs> Cox. But, uh, so, I mean, he's, he hasn't done a heck of a lot of stuff, but, I mean, for what he's done, I think he's, I mean, he's pretty solid stuff.
3: Well, and his friend that co-directed um, Cheerleader, All Cheerleaders Die, uh-huh. he actually directed uh, Jack, Ketchum, uh, Jack Ketchum's Lost. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, look at me, he produced that.
0: Oh, I, 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 I mean, obviously, we did that on our very first episode, and I really like that movie, and I haven't really seen it since, but uh, I stand by it. I really like that movie.
3: Uh, and they said one day they're actually going to do something together again. It's just, you know, they're trying to make a name for themselves right now.
0: Sure. So,
3: I mean, based on what I've seen of Lucky McKee, I would I would definitely check out some of his friend's work, too. I've never well, seen I mean, any of his stuff, but...
0: You'd think it would be pretty easy to get noticed for Lucky McKee since he's like a Sasquatch, but whatever. That's cool. <laughs> Man. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about The Woods. Came out in uh, 2006.
4: Deep in the woods. In the heart of New England. A girl who never fit in.
2: Heather. A Miss Traverse headmistress welcome to our college.
4: Has finally found a home. Have you all met Heather? Friends? How did you come to attend this school?
2: My mom wanted me out of the house. A loving mother never abandons her child. Why is she afraid of you? I know what you're here for. You're special too. <gasps> oh, I just want to come home. You stop being such a weakling.
1: No doubt you have all heard that one of our family went missing sometime
2: last night. <laughs> what the hell is that?
4: we heard or seen strange things happen at the screen. We shouldn't go into the woods. It's not safe. A door has been opened. Some girls are different. They find you. They do tests. If a girl gets too strong, she's useless to them. And fear has been unleashed. It's time to put your gifts to use. Somebody told me my daughter went on a rampage. Ah! Certain way of doing things around here, and you had better
2: figure out what that way is.
4: The Woods,
0: uh, directed, of course, by Lucky McKee, it was written by David Ross. And uh, David Ross has actually only had a couple of writing credits. He had this and then a movie called The Babysitters in 2007. Oh, the one uh, with with
3: John Leguizamo?
0: I don't even know. I didn't... It's not a horror movie. It's a drama movie, so I know nothing about it, of course. Um, IMDb gave it a 5.8. Let's see. It starred Agnes Bruckner. By the way, let's stop for a minute. Agnes Bruckner. The name? No. The woman. Oh, what about her? I like her, man. Ah, she was cute. I'm not a big redhead guy. Well, she's not redheaded like naturally. No? No, she's blonde. She was in the movie Venom? Never saw and, it. And uh it's the only thing that makes that stupid ass movie like worth watching. And uh she's and she was also in Blood and Chocolate. Remember that even though she couldn't even save that piece of shit.
3: I couldn't see I didn't see that one either.
0: <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Anyways, I just wanted to go on record saying I really like her. And uh, I hope she's. Uh, I hope she, I, I. just realized that I uh, hope she's like at least over 18, so I don't sound like a jackass. No, she is. <laughs> okay. I mean, she has the she has the name of like a 90 year old like Scottish woman. Well, yeah, but maybe maybe like you know how like some names that it's, it kind of goes in cycles. Maybe she's so young that what I think is old ladies, and now I'm starting to get old. They're back to being young girls' names again. Agnes Bruckner. Ag- Agnes, Br- yeah, I don't think that's a very attractive. It's name, not. You're you know? you're
3: in the you're in a passionate moment. Oh, Agnes, <laughs> really? You oh, your Grandma. Bru- oh, Miss Bruckner. Yeah, I mean, neither <laughs> one of them. Na- I mean, you can't make fun of her because of her name, I guess. But it's no, not an appealing
0: she's name. You, well, anyway, you know, i i I just want to I just want to let you know I th- I I like her a lot. No, she was good. She was good in this. I, it's the one no, thing I've I seen I her mean, in. Johnny, Johnny. I like her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her friend, <laughs> the one
3: who, with the voice, little nerdy girl.
0: Oh, dude! You know what's funny is uh, that was uh, Lauren Burknell Burkle, who played uh, Marcy Turner. She was actually in uh, the remake of uh, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. They remade that. Yeah. Oh, dude, two thousand five. Oh God, Absol- it- dude, it was go- it was actually pretty good. Really? I, I have to admit. Um, I you know I mean the original came out in the twenties, you know, and it, it's kind of like. I, I, and let's be honest, I mean, it's a, uh, actually Steven and I just talked about this on, on, uh, when I, I, guess hosted a JFMP, um, but, uh, the, the old one is awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's freaking cool. I love it. Um, it, I love it. But the remake that came out in 2005, it starred, uh, Doug Jones as Cervantes. was, that, was that his name? I believe the, so the the somnambulist uh did a freaking great job, and uh, uh, it was I mean it was a little less i i don 't think it will stand the test of times like the original did, obviously, but I think it was a solid remake you know you,
3: wow I had no idea i I have to check that out now
0: it's it 's actually pretty good, all right, so it also starred Emma Campbell, who played uh, alice uh, heather 's mother uh Bruce Campbell, who played uh, heather 's father, Patricia Clarkson, who played Miss Traverse. Uh, I mentioned Laura Burkle. Uh, Jane Gilchrist as Miss Cross. Catherine Colvey as Miss Leland. Marcia Bennett as Miss Mackinaw And Rachel Nichols as uh, the soon-to-be... Man, she was mean, but she played Samantha Weiss. Here's the, uh, the plot. In 1965, after provoking a fire in the forest, a rebel teenager, Heather Fasulo, is sent by her estranged mother, Alice Fasulo, and her neglectful father, Joe Fasulo... God, that's—I uh, said that last word. I mean, their last name a lot of times. <laughs> to an all-private, uh, to an all-girls private boarding school, Falburn Academy, located in the middle of the woods. The dean, Miss Traverse, accepts Heather in spite of the bad financial condition of her father. The displaced Heather becomes close friends with the shy Marcy Turner, uh, who is Lauren Burkle, uh, while they are maltreated abusive by the abusive classmate Samantha Wise. Uh, who is uh, Rachel Nichols. During the nights, Heather is has horrifying nightmares and hears voices from the woods. And, al- and along the day, she believes that the school is a coven of witches when some students, including Marcy, simply vanish. Heather believes that she will be the next one and has no choice but to investigate.
3: Uh, so what'd you think? Dude, I. it's very rare that a movie about witches is good. There are several movies, you know, Black Sunday, Suspiria, but... Most of the times most of the time you watch those kind of movies, they just kinda fail. And I like this one a lot, man.
0: Are are you bagging on Oz?
3: Oz. Oh no, I love Oz. I'm just <laughs> I even have dude, the silent Oz films.
0: <laughs> dude, I am I am like Mr. Uh uh Tangent today. I I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I this is a really cool movie and
3: I liked the fact that Overall, it seemed like there was a lot of homage to older movies, like Suspiria or like Evil Dead kind of stuff.
0: You know, and I and I totally agree with you. I think the best thing about this movie is, first of all, it was a uh, it took place in nineteen sixty five. I mean, the music was. Uh, uh, you know, it had a lot to do with the, uh, the style of music that a I, that I'm led to assume was popular in 1965, like the bubblegum uh, pop stuff. Yeah, and it, I thought that was earlier on, but I but I guess not. But anyway, I mean, let's put it this way: it, it had a solid uh, um, setting. You know, I mean, it was here. It was we're in the middle of this woods at this great old uh, you know girls' school. Um, you know, it had it had good actors and actresses in it. It uh, mostly actresses, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think they all there, there were some really great characters, including uh, one of my favorite characters after Agnes was uh, uh, what's her name, Miss uh, Gosh darn it, Miss Traverse, the main, Basically, the main, like the headmistress. Yeah. I really liked her role in this. I mean, because it was she played a really uh, you know a very solid character. She was you know very down to earth and whatever. However, she was always. She always just kind of left you feeling a little creeped out, you know, even though you didn't really know what was going on until later on in the movie, you knew that there was something going on. Well, she, you see what she, I'm
3: well, she came across as, like, like the several scenes she was either coming across like she was, you know, very, like a very nice, good person. Right. But she would also come across like she was just this, like, rude, evil bitch.
0: Well, yeah, just like some that she was not necessarily hiding something, but just that she had plans, and, and it turns out that she did. But to me, I mean, I remember watching this the first time, and I didn't watch this the first time for this episode, just thinking, you know what? At first I thought she was going to end up being someone who, who ends up being good and, and helps save, you know? Yeah. But then throughout, little hints were dropped, you know, and that you're just like, oh, whoa, maybe I'm wrong, and then you'd go back and forth a little bit.
3: Well, in that first scene where she's interviewing um, the main girl, she she sits down with her. and She says, how did you get here? And she yep. says, well, I got in a car and I, my dad, right. you know, and she says, I'm not going to ask you again. And right then I was like, okay, she she's not taking any shit. You need to, you need right. to, she's not, she's not going to, I mean, she, at that point I realized that she was hiding something because. She,
0: well, really? Cause I, you know, I just kind of saw that as just, I mean, this is just a no nonsense. I mean, let's put it this way, dude. I think after working with all those girls in that girl school, I would get a little bit tired of their bullshit. You know, yeah. and I think I'd well, just, you,
3: like, you know, or, or if you were hers, a female.
0: Um. Well, <laughs> I I am I'm, I'm saying hers a female because I really know what it's like to actually be a female. And no, no, I'm just saying I'm just saying I personally I would just be like in in it w- and there would come a point where it's just not funny anymore. And you're just <laughs> like. Cut the shit, you know. Yeah. And that's kinda what it was. Well and, it, th- and th-
3: they kinda brought it back, man, like whenever you know, whenever she calls her mom and her mom's like hosting that party. Right. They brought it back to where she was trying to console her and she seemed like, Well, you know, we won't talk about this and and right. at that point you I, I kinda felt like maybe she was kinda good, but then she smacks her in that later scene and Right you're just like you there was something always there that was like not right to me,
0: no I you know and i and I agree with you, i think I think to me it was more of the subtle little looks and gestures that, you know than something that's just that was outright, obviously until the bomb drops and we figure out what's going on, yeah, but uh anyway, um. So uh, what what you think about the uh, I mean j- just about the uh, the whole girl school type of deal the the setting and, and, and that kind of stuff? It
3: was really cool. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I, I don't know. Like it seemed I don't I wasn't alive in the '60s, so I can't say. But there was a lot of stuff that to me they, they did a good job of setting it back in the day. Uh huh. But at the same time, there there was a lot of stuff in this movie that I, I at, while I was watching, I was like, wow, that seems like. Like the way they were speaking seemed like, you know, something kids nowadays would say.
0: Well, yeah, I guess the whole I mean, firecrash thing. Oh, dude! By the way, that is I. That was that kind of shocked me the first time that I heard that 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 this you know I mean obviously it's a movie but it's like holy crap girls talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, the it was cool
3: the setting of this movie because they basically. From the very beginning, when she gets there, they establish that something is going on in the woods. Right. She goes out there late at night, and she hears all the voices and kind of sees things. And as she, when she runs out, she, see, you know, she sees all the teachers standing there. Yep. And it's weird because she walks back into the building, and nobody says a word. They're just all kind of watching her walk back in.
0: Right, just it, kind of all standing there staring at her as she comes back in.
3: And you can tell that the other girls in the school are terrified of the woods, but nobody's speaking about what goes on out there. Right. And so, I mean, it, it's definitely, they, they set it up real well.
0: I, you know, and I agree with you, in fact, and, uh, I mean, obviously we don't want to give too much away. So, I mean, Bruce Campbell's character didn't have a hell of a lot to do until towards the end. And, you know, I really loved that whole deal where, you know, I mean, it was, it was, and there not a lot to it, but I mean, you have Bruce who is uh, the father who's trying to save his daughter. I liked that whole angle. I liked, um, I like the the whole. I mean, I I I don't I don't really necessarily. I can't really think of any great witch movies, but I don't really have a problem. Uh, I can't really think of any witch movies that I just hate. You know, I don't know what's a witch movie. Hocus Pocus.
3: No, Hocus Pocus is good. I like that one.
0: Well, that's the only one I can think of.
3: Um, let's see. Uh.
0: Oh, what about what about the those, craft? Uh, the craft. That sucks. I call that. I call that the crapped. Yeah, that movie was no good. <laughs> okay, so okay, whatever. Just, but uh, no, you know, I tend to like uh, witchcraft. You know, just the subject matter and whatever. I'm not saying I'm a big witch l- movie lover or anything like that. But I mean, the the, uh, the I, I think that uh, a lot of movies to kind of live and die by maybe the mythology that's that's going on in the in the movie and i think this had a pretty so you know a pretty decent storyline you know or basis of on which to you know uh base the movie on you know a story on which to base the movie on you know i mean you but obviously uh you know we don't want to necessarily give that away but you know and, and i and i can appreciate you know being having an imagination in you know Kind of coming up with that, even though we've seen it before, and we we'll are definitely see it again. Uh, I always appreciate a good, nice backstory. Yeah, I mean,
3: I, the backstory in this was really cool about the the three sisters or whatever. Right. Um, the CGI in this was really good. It
0: was good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh,
3: I, I didn't have a problem with it at all.
0: Well, I didn't. I didn't really notice any uh, hiccups or anything like that. That uh, usually with, uh, you know, usually get a couple in every movie. I didn't really. They didn't really overuse it. No, um, you know they they didn't even really start using it a lot until the end anyway. What is where they needed to, right? Exactly, and uh, so you know I thought it was I thought it was solid. <laughs> uh, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of uh, trees attacking people, <laughs> you know, which is funny because uh, I mean how many times has Bruce Campbell been in a movie where a, a tree has taken advantage of a young woman? Or <laughs> I know that's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome.
3: I thought it was really funny whenever, you know, cuz this was not a funny movie at all, but it was I I, I really chuckled whenever when Bruce, whenever Bruce Campbell and his wife and uh Ag- right. Agnes were in the car. Uh-huh. And they get, they go off the road. And <laughs> they they flip on their side, I think, right? Uh-huh. And the wife's sitting there and he says he says, "Hang in there." And then he kind of chuckles. Right.
0: <laughs> it was funny, well, you know. I, I, have... I even thought some of the some of the the dialogue back and forth, you know, between the girls was pretty funny. Like, uh, let's see, uh, uh, she said something like, "Oh, here it is. I have it in my Who else said that?" But uh, it was now Samantha. all I said, "Was your breast smells like you've been drinking out of Miss Mackinac's douche douchebag?" That's all, you know. And, and just a little back and forth stuff. I, th- I mean, I got a few chuckles out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think the
3: way his line was delivered was like classic Bruce Campbell.
0: Oh, oh! His he was great in this movie. The girls, it, it, the girls he bl- didn't really play Bruce Cam- like a typical Bruce Campbell, but you just saw glimpses of it from oh, time yeah. to time.
3: Well, and the girls, the like their banter and all the stuff that like that, like you just said. Yeah. Their stuff was like very mean spirited, but I could see where it comes across as funny too.
0: Well, yeah. It was. I mean, it's just kind of funny. Well, the scene
3: where the scene where the stuttering teacher is as bringing her to the office after the fight. Oh my god. And, she, and I- she does the little twitch thing.
0: What was it? Uh, yeah, that I mean it sucked. there was this teacher that had like the nervous tick and then she totally just makes fun of her. I was not tick Inciting a riot or whatever she said. <laughs> yeah. You know, I it's like holy crap, that's rude, man. I, well
3: you know and that teacher, the woman who plays her, she was also a sick girl and she yeah. she I thought, man, she did a damn good job portraying that disorder or whatever because I've right. actually met people I had a librarian growing up who uh-huh. actually had that like it has something just like that where she would where she would twitch every couple words really just like that and this I, and the first time I saw the woods I thought they hired a woman with that really she did that damn good of a job no, i agree with you oh, I mean,
0: fantastic i mean so so let me tell you one funny thing about uh, the fire crunch remember about the time I told you about the story about the the guy from China who told me that he was really hilarious in China yeah all right, I'm not going to bring I'm not going to tell that story again because everybody'll get on my case on how many times I tell that story, okay? Up everybody's. But uh, <laughs> one day it... that one day that guy comes up to me. He's like, "Dude, what is a scrotch? What? I'm a, I'm a what? I'm what are you talking about? Um what is a scrotch? I'm like, "Dude, I have no idea what a scratch is. What do you mean?" He goes, "Uh Somebody said fire scrotch to me. <laughs> I, said, I, I explained it to him and he's like, Oh, that makes sense. But uh and that became his like funny word from then on and he kept saying fire scrotch. Is he a red uh, Asian guy? Uh, oh real uh, Asian dude, like he was doing a school here, grew up in China. It was freaking awesome. That is pretty uh, good. Oh it was it was great. Uh, that's awesome. Anyway, so so uh Anything else on this flick?
3: Um, no, I, I would like to say that this movie was shelved for years, and that Lucky McKee, right? This movie, pretty much single-handedly destroyed his like perspective of how, how things work in Hollywood.
0: Right, because this is uh, this was what well, this came out in what 2006, and and uh, he'd already made you know uh, May and some of his other movies long before then.
3: Yeah, and and basically the studio. I mean, this movie has several things changed about it, and I'm not sure what. Really? But Brilliant. he said the studio interference on this was just outrageous. And that Brilliant. And, and this, this is the movie that made him move from Hollywood. This movie got him out of there because he was just like, I'm done. Hmm. This was the first movie he worked with a major studio. He worked with Sony on this, I believe. Like Sony, mm-hmm. one of their independent companies. Okay. And, uh, and also, fun fact about this, uh, this is the movie, while this was shelved, M. Night Shyamalan had to change his movie, The Village. It was called The Woods originally, and because of this movie, he had to change it to The Village. Good, because that movie sucked. Yeah, that movie should have been called The Shart.
0: (laughs) Because that's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, M. Night. (laughs) All right. uh, So, okay, I I learned a couple things. What's that? First and foremost, that estrogen can be hazardous to your health. Too much of it can be hazardous to your health. Why don't I, because the whole time I'm watching this, all i think this flick made me think that, uh, you know, since they all live together in the same place, that uh, they were all on the rag at the same time. Oh, it seemed like it, dude.
3: <laughs> they were they were sinking right up with each
0: other, dude. And I was just thinking of the trash cans and the shit all over the floor with that many tampons and maxi. And all. Hey, hold but, on, I'm gonna get vomit. On just disgusting. Yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> No, uh, I learned that. Uh, yeah, stay away from girls' schools, no matter how tempting, because it because the risk of showing up when uh, you know. I think I don't need to say anymore, and you, and everyone understands. It. Yeah. Uh, you you learn anything?
3: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, um, I learned that fire crotch is an age old saying.
0: It's... You know what? You know what pisses me off about that is Samantha kept saying it like it was a bad thing.
3: Yeah, you know what? Unless you have a uh, some kind of STD that's causing the fire down there. <laughs> exactly. I think you're... Fine. I think if it's just hair, <laughs> you're good. Well, that Whoa. was kind of dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I learned that witch exams are hard as freaking hell. <laughs> I mean, let's see, uh, triangle, sticks,
0: weird symbol of the occult. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to circle
3: rocks. I'm going with rocks.
0: Yeah. That's a great, that's a, well, for you, Rain Man. Yeah, I mean, I know. For, oh, exactly. For some, um, some of us, it might be hard. And lastly, I learned that milk does not always do a body good. No, it does not, especially milk with, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Wow. All right, we'll, we'll go back to my uh, who else said that uh, you're done right oh yeah okay uh, now Samantha all I said was your breath smells like you've been drinking out of Miss Mackinaw's douche bag that's all that uh, was the first thing I said to Sam when I found out he didn't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> oh but
3: I hope he rewatched that and has a different opinion of it now <laughs> I,
0: I haven't talked to him about it so I don't know I <laughs> doubt it man you have another one Uh, That's it.
3: I have a couple right here. I had a really tough session today. My throat sore. That was uh, Paris Hilton. (laughs) Hey, before you go somewhere wrong with this, that was after she recorded the vocals for her CD. Right. (laughs) For Um, her CD. Never mind. (laughs) Right. Um, Somebody called me and told me my daughter went on a rampage. That is Michael Lohan every weekend. (laughs)
0: He just shows up with an open wallet.
3: He's like, I'm I'm pretty sure she's here somewhere. Is she in the back throwing waffle acres at people? I don't know. Bizarre. And uh, lastly, I have, how many football players put it in you before your mom got sick of having another tramp around the house? Uh That was John Mayer to Jessica Simpson. (laughs) And he's a man whore himself, so if he's saying that to her, there's a problem. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Dude, 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 you don't understand that when dudes do it, it's being a player when girls do it. Come on, live live up to the double standard. Understand the double standard. <laughs> double standard is good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he means she
3: looks like a horse. So. Uh, who? Jessica Simpson.
0: Oh man. Have I you not seen her face? Her teeth uh, are like
3: Mr. Ed's. Dude, and I'm pretty sure she... they put peanut butter in her mouth to make her talk.
0: That is, well. They put something in her mouth to make her talk. But I'll tell you something real quick. When she did that scene in the Dukes of Hazzard, when she took off that coat in the police station, come on. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, The kick in the balls goes to Bruce Campbell because he's basically the only person in the movie with balls. No, I'm just teasing. But uh, it was actually for Samantha for asking if the carpet matches the drapes in the most awkward way. She said something like, you remember how I was talking about sex last week? Hmm. They had sexual intercourse. Oh yeah. <laughs> it it kind of reminded me of that. I wonder if she has red pubic hair oh. or, so, or something like. I was like, what? So she gets the kick in it.
3: I actually give the kick in the balls to Heather's mom because oh, yeah, she was a bitch. Oh my god. She seriously like was the rudest mom like ever. Absolutely. I mean,
0: uncaring.
3: She, she's on the phone not caring about her daughter, but at the same time she's on the phone getting pissed about someone spilling a drink at her party. <laughs> Right, I'm like, come on, man! You, like, she has no, she has no, like, she has no focus on anything around her except for herself. Right. Uh, the memory count on this was zero.
0: Yeah, and and it's funny because uh, if we're talking ratio from potential memories to memory count, this, uh, I mean, this has a, this has a high ratio, man. Yeah, that so so many women, so little boobs. That
3: twitching teacher, man. I, I want to see those jiggling.
0: I'm sure you do. <laughs>
3: what would you give this as a rating?
0: Well, okay, so here here's my take on. We we talked about a lot of the good things about this movie. I want to th- I mean the the storyline was interesting, the acting was great. Uh you know, the the uh, visual setting, the effects were good. Um I it just was re- ended up being kind of slow to me. I thought Did you get all, that feeling? All three of these movies are slow though. I mean, you know you know what though I think there's a difference between slow, good, and slow boring and and you know a lot of people also say that slow you know there's a slow burn you know i don't i don't really i think that's i don't think that applies with this movie I think that it just kind of there was a few parts that just kind of dragged on a little bit for me, and it didn't ruin the whole movie for me or anything like that, but I did find myself kind of you know not really wanting to fast forward but just kinda of waiting for something to happen. Yeah. You know, especially there in the middle. Um, you know, in and, and overall I like the movie, but I don't know if uh, uh I don't really know if if I loved the movie enough to give it anything but a red box. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> Man mine was a really high buy, dude. Like I really liked this. <laughs> and
0: the and you know what? And
3: I felt that way through the whole movie. Like it was really slow and but that ending like really just the way they filmed that, end, the whole ending was just such. Well, and, and it was good, an and awesome I and thing. I
0: did agree with you. I just, I just was, I was just like kind of not really, not really pissed or anything. I was just kind of worn out, just kind of waiting for it to end a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, maybe I was just being a dick, but uh, there you go. Well, I mean,
3: uh, I can see where you're coming from on this one, just because it did seem slow. But I thought that with all of these, so I mean. Like, I think that's to be expected with him. I think he has a certain style and a certain way of, of uh, telling well, stories.
0: Maybe, maybe, but I don't think that May had this problem. I don't, obviously, I don't think that uh, the Masters of War had the problem since it was only 50 minutes long. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think he did a better job of pacing in May, like a much better job in pacing with me. He, he kept it. It was always interesting, whereas I kind of, there were a few points when I, you know, actually just kind of started looking at my phone and stuff.
3: Well, it might sound stupid, but I, I can almost, uh, I can almost say that could possibly be a result of the setting with it being set back in the day and stuff. Uh, maybe I, not, I, not really to me, but I don't know because I, that, that, that can also be kind of off-putting because it was kind of a different time and stuff and, I don't know. It's
0: it's kind of unrelatable. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I apparently I understand that stuff better than I understand uh emo today, you know, kids and how they are today. So, what do I know? <laughs>
3: no, there are no skinny jeans in this. So.
0: <laughs> you you know what's funny is uh, yeah, uh I, one of my biggest problems is uh, every once in a while I have a the the guy who who was uh you know, the main guy in the Salty Horror Film Festival, he's an English teacher. In uh, in a charter school. You know what that charter school is? It's a high school, but it's not like a like a traditional high school. Anyway, so every once in a while I'll go in there to swap movies with them because we're watching all the movies that are being submitted for the Salty Horror Film Festival and whatnot. And, man, I'll tell you what, I walk in those teenagers and stuff and I just I just get on edge. It's like they freaking creep me out a little bit. So maybe it's just that whole deal. Even though, you know what, I don't know. I just don't, I just, maybe maybe that guy's right. Maybe I need to turn a new leaf, you know. I mean a more understanding.
3: Yeah, I'm the same way. When I used to, I mean, when I play shows, you know, if there are a lot of kids in the audience, I I feel weird playing because it's kind of like, I don't feel like I'm playing the music that really is directed at their their generation.
0: Well, it's just weird because then you go into the bathroom to use the toilet and the freaking urinals are like six inches off the ground. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Anyway, you got anything else? No, that's it for this one. All right, we'll be right back with uh, some Sick Girl. Sweet. Listen. Do you hear it? It's getting closer.
4: Much closer. Don't be afraid. Be very, very afraid. I've got a
2: Oh, sweet. Fresh Kill her mommy! Kill her! Oh yes! Yeah. There will be blood. I'm Gray. Take a journey with me through the dark side of cinema in the Dark Hours horror podcast. Find it at the Terror has no shape. It's
0: far beyond anything your mind could ever
3: And we are back with Sick Girl from 2006.
0: Hello? Somebody sent me a package. A bug. Item? I thought
2: it was a mounted, but it's just too bizarre. <gasps> Did you hear that?
0: Oh, Max, it's so beautiful. This is absurd. No insect looks like this
1: i'm telling you that is
0: what it looks like okay bring it in prove it
1: it kind of got loose and now we can't find it you wouldn't want to help me look for him would you we would have to be careful it's kind of aggressive
3: Ah! an insect that hunts and kills mammals
4: come on there's no such thing i've had complaints complaints about your little pets seems one of them got loose and now
0: we have a missing dog I think Misty got bit. The bug bit you. It's infected you.
2: You're a monster.
3: In the plot synopsis... When a female insect scientist starts a sexual relationship with another woman, she also, <laughs> she also finds herself involved with a rather predatory and aggressive insect who becomes a huge problem and threatens the love affair between them. Now, um, that being said, uh, there's a lot of girl on girl in this, you know? Not enough, though. Thing
0: is, well, okay. So here's the deal: the girl on girl is is uh, it's fifty percent good. Because Misty Monday Yes. Well do you remember okay. the virus episode? Like the, I,
3: I made that but, point that Misty Monday is good in movies where she gets naked.
0: And guess what? She was good and she got naked. Exactly. You know, it's so funny because even some of her acting in the beginning was kind of kind of sketchy where she was talking really fast and she was supposed to come off as this really nervous, eccentric whatever, you know. But I know those girls. Well, you know, I don't know if I've known those girls. Oh, they're weird. I, I mean, and They usually hey, tell fairies. Are you serious? Oh yeah. They're, Maybe they're like I am a head up my ass. I I just found that to be mildly irritating. But you know, I mean as as they settled into the movie and as they settled into the got more comfortable with each other, I didn't really notice it happening anymore. But she is she's got some a beautiful face, man. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. It's her eyes, dude, are yeah. nice. Um, but this George. was written by Sean Hood and Lucky McKee. Directed by Lucky McKee, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starring Angela Bettis as Ida Teeter. Which was, it was. Ida a, Teeter? Yeah. <laughs> Ida Teeter, too. Uh, it was written. Not <laughs> a teeter up the What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, this, <laughs> a, it was actually written for a guy, originally. It was Ira Teeter. And really? When, yeah, when look, it was Roger Corman was gonna direct this, but he fell
0: through. And oh, so they so lucky me! You got the sloppy seconds. Yeah, but he re- threw he, Angela Bettis. He
3: rewrote a lot of the script, and he wrote it to include Angela Bettis.
0: You know, it's kind of bizarre because I was thinking about this. Um, he's only done what three three horror movies or something. Yeah, and yet he's a master of horror. But listen, I'll, I'll give it to him. I uh, I'll put that I'm up there saying. against
3: a lot of other people.
0: Wow, especially well, let, let's put his three last movies against uh, even Romero's last three movies, oh, or
3: any Uwe bowl movie. Uh, oh, come on! <laughs> name a good one. No, you're right. Okay. Uh, what? No, you're right. This also starred uh, Misty Monday as Misty Falls, which she went under Aaron Brown, which is her real name. Is that a real name, or I didn't
0: know if that was just another? No, that's a
3: real name, pseudonym, or whatever. Cool. Yep, and uh, which is funny because, like, I guess Aaron Brown is when she does legit movies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
0: because we're never going to recognize those tiny titties
3: Exactly um, She looks exactly the same too And it starred Jesse Lubick as Max Marsha Bennett as Lana Beasley And Mike McKee, which is at McKee's dad As Professor Malcolm
0: Wolfe Oh cool, Yeah, he he didn't have a whole lot of uh, screen time But no, that's cool
3: No, but uh, in fact he's in every at McKee movie And he always has the last name Wolfe You're kidding me? No, that's, that's true That's really cool I'm not sure why, but yeah um, but, and basically, um, the, this is a, you know, Angela Bettis plays a
0: weird, like, bug scientist, and oh, the weirdest thing about dude, her is her freaking voice. Dude, it, when she was talking in the beginning, and she was, like, baby talking her, her, uh, to her bugs, I thought, and I thought that I, that she was going to talk that way through the whole movie, I'm like, I am not finishing this. Oh my gosh, you little babies, I so love you so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, holy, I cannot take. It 50 was off putting. It was very off putting. Yeah, it was. I felt a little uncomfortable, like in, embarrassed for her, <laughs> but um, <laughs> she she um, but she did that
3: because I guess she was trying to come across like um, kind of masculine. But they also, Lucky McKee rewrote this and directed it like a 30s or 40s romantic comedy, so they tried to throw a lot of that, like that kind of acting and those kind of elements
0: in there. Well, yeah, and she did have a she she did make her voice lower exactly. It, it's, and you know what? In this and, and I actually watched Maeve and this right in a row, and it's like you know what? It, it's a really kind of a testament to Angela Bettis' talent because, I mean, I think she after watching both, even though she kind of annoyed me in the beginning, it was kind of she. I think she pulled off a, I think she played that the the character really well. Oh yeah. But it was a complete different character than she played in Mae. Oh, absolutely. You
3: know? I mean, I'd beat her butt. But um. <laughs> But, yeah, but it's
0: not that deep, so you'd probably get splashback. <laughs> oh, man, but chat, sorry everybody. In the
3: feature, she actually talks about how um, she was just thrilled to death to work with the bugs. Like, really? Oh yeah, just she loved it. She, I mean, she said, and that's another thing they went for in this movie too was not making the bugs gross. They made them just a part of like kind of like a pet.
0: Yeah, and they they did a good job. I, you know, I draw the line though those hairy spiders. Oh,
3: she had it on her shoulder, dude. Yeah, I mean, the other
0: bugs were fine, but oh my gosh, those spiders! No,
3: I I don't do I don't do the fire crotch spiders.
0: The fire scrotch, fire scrotch, (laughs) (laughs) fire all scrotch.
2: (laughs) But
3: uh, I mean, this this movie was really cool, and I actually think it's one of the better entries in the masters or in the masters of horror movies.
0: I agree with you because. Well, here here's the deal. <clears throat> I mean, there are a few that I really like, and there are a few that I really hate. And uh, <laughs> this happens to be one of the ones that maybe it's not the very, very top tier, like very, not my very favorite set, but it's really, it's it's up there pretty high, And uh, which is funny because, I mean, like I said before, I mean, this is a guy who's only done three horror movies, but he knows his stuff. Oh, and I, did, I didn't mention this was
3: uh, IMDb was 6.5 on this one. Oh, good. Which I mean, and I and I I can agree with that quite a bit. I mean, I I think it was cool because they always had Lucky McKee in mind. He was at the very first dinner when they all got together. Really? Yeah, and and I think like they saw May and they knew something was there. And I think you can tell with this movie because it it's definitely is it's its own entity, you know, on its own. Oh, absolutely. If you watch the other Masters of Horror, they always they they all have kind of established ideas like zombies and killers and things like that. This one was different, man. This was like like I said, it was like a romantic comedy with, with uh killer bug.
0: You know, and uh, I think the thing that really my, my, my favorite part of the movie is well not not this isn't necessarily a part, but the, my favorite thing about this movie is the fact that you know here you you, you it's it's kind of a I don't want to get all weird on you, but it's kind of a, a um, it's kind of a ride as you're going through because at first here she is this lonely girl you know and you really I, I mean you I really kind of felt for her, you know she played she played this like um, detached very shy type of. Um, you know, wallflower. Yeah, I'm a grandpa. I said wallflower. <laughs> oh, okay, you know, really well. You know, and I was actually really happy for her when she finally got the guts up to talk to Misty Monday. You know, and you know, and she got in that elevator, and I was like, I was like, genuinely feeling, oh, cool. You know, good for her. And then I'm like, oh, this is a movie. I'm an asshole. But uh, but they'll, and then you know, all of a sudden the shit starts hitting the fan, and it's like. I I think the 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 worst part for me was the fact that oh no you know here's this one girl's you know uh, she, here here was her thing that made her happy and crap is going on you know and I kind of felt bad again and it's weird that because I I mean I mean I'm pretty manly I mean I think we all know that I think that's a well established fact wouldn't you say uh, I think don't they based, say, I think they say.
3: based the brawny guy on you
0: uh well yeah, yeah. That, that was sure. before I, that's before I started working out yeah that's back when you when had, had that stash too. Yeah. Uh, that's back when I had that uh, van with the tinted windows. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, no, I mean, it was it was kind of good to actually go through this and, uh, f- and watch a horror movie and feel more than just, ah, oh, sweet kill, blah, blah, you know, or and whatever. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that part of it, and I hope that doesn't lose my man cred. No,
3: you know, I, I like the fact that it goes through the whole, like, span, or the whole cycle of relationship in this, like, 60-minute movie.
0: Right. You know, I mean, even though, it, you know, it's kind of a fucked up relationship. Uh, well, you know, and it was, and it wouldn't have been that bad. It, I mean, it was, it was a couple of weird chicks, but I mean, it really wouldn't have been that bad if it weren't for uh, the, bug? the whole, uh, yeah, the bug. Well, you know, that's, that's, you never open a
3: package that... I's just randomly sitting on your porch and has no like return address
0: <laughs> and that 's jumping around yeah. that, that is making the the blocks around it well and basically what happens is is uh, i mean we 're going off, but basically what happens she 's this uh, I, uh, whatever you call it, a bugologist is that an entomologist anyways i don 't remember uh, I but don't know. Uh, she gets a she has all these bugs for pets she gets a um, a package from somewhere in Peru, I believe it was. And, uh, Argentina, Argentina, wasn't it? Oh, it was somewhere in South America, and basically, it's uh, this kind of bug that she's never heard nor seen, heard of nor seen, and uh, she—I mean, she's genuinely interested in it. Uh, unfortunately, it uh, it gets loose, and uh, apparently, it uh, it uh, is very harmful; can be very harmful to humans. So, and and that's just kind of where the the whole horror thing goes. And I mean, yeah, it doesn't just bite you, and you get like a rash or. Or whatever. I mean, it bites you and takes over, man, and you get cauliflower ear, man.
3: Oh man, and that's what I, I. One of the things I learned was I learned what happened to uh, Rocky Dennis's mask, of uh, for mask his ear. It was actually used in this movie.
0: <laughs> that is freaking cold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: man. Um, you know what though? Like there, there were there was a really cool twist toward the end of this movie that I liked, uh-huh. and it had a lot to do with the package and in their relationship and. I thought it was really cool, man, because it kind of, it wasn't forced. It kind of brought it all home. If you go back and you think about what happened in it. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool because, I mean, there's this whole other plot kind of going on under the surface. Uh But you don't see it.
0: But, no, and you you don't even really know about it until really close to to the end. No,
3: but and it, and it
0: kind of takes on not necessarily a new meaning, but it takes on a depth that you uh,
3: that you weren't aware of. No, and I, I watched this twice, and the second time you're thinking about it the whole time, and you're like, well, that's kind of cool how they did it because if you you will notice little things that are like, wow, that's they really layered this pretty well. Cool. I mean, not layered like you know like in a Arrested Development episode, but <laughs> but really good though. Um, awesome.
0: Did you, uh, did you learn anything from this? Um, I learned that um, I don't care if freaking Misty Monday has a cauliflower ear. I still think she's gorgeous. As long as it's not squirting.
3: Uh, no, that's okay with me. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all. I learned a couple other things, but I think most of the other things I came up with were fairly contrived, so I'll just keep with that one. Oh, okay. I learned a lot. I, oh, let's hear well, it. Well,
3: this movie basically furthered my knowledge that weird chicks are hot. Um, I always had a thing for girls who wait, wait, draw berries and play with bugs.
0: Okay, now, now she's cool, but what about, oh, did you, did you think Angela Bettis was attractive in this? No, not at all. Okay, um, okay. I didn't, but,
3: you know, if she had the voice for May, maybe. But the voice threw me off so much that, no, not really, not at uh. all. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I learned that all landlords are bitches. Well, I kind of always thought that, but you know, you see it in a movie and it makes it. It's real. Movies are real. I mean, I don't know if you know that, but all movies are real.
0: Um, so it's true. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been lying to my kids. Oh, I mean, you got to tell them, dude. Fantasia is a hundred percent accurate. Oh, my gosh. I am committing suicide right now. <laughs> um, I
3: learned that bugs spoil girl-on-girl girl action always, and that sucks. Oh, son
0: of a bitch. Those
3: bugs better stay the shit off those women. Um, I learned that fairies are lesbians. All of them.
0: That's okay. That's okay with me. That's
3: fine. And that's it. That's
0: all, that's all I learned. That's excellent. Um, my kick in the balls goes to that dang uh, landlady for not having a, tw- a tick. Actually, I think it was very, very, um, uh, very good acting, and you know, very. Uh, oh, the nervous thing, hard, the, the yeah, twitch. hard for her so to, to to hide that twitch during this movie. <laughs> she did a great job. She did,
3: and, and that's a testament to her acting.
0: <laughs> exactly. She she's my
3: very kick, disciplined. She's my kick in the balls also, but it's for it's for that scene where she basically is comparing homosexuals to child molesters. Like that, just what? yeah. Well, she, she said how she's been looking at her granddaughter like a piece of meat.
0: Oh, oh, right. right and right,
3: that right, scene, right. I was like, ah, oh, did she go there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it was just bad, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah,
0: okay, okay. I mean, uh,
3: okay. The memory count on this was freaking uh, twelve. Yeah. All quality, all. Of them. I, I like, I like double digits. Yeah, you know, and they weren't even like. That the first time they show him is when they're drinking and she like pulls her shirt off. I don't need. She says I don't need privacy or pajamas. Right. And right then I was like, wow. <laughs> she didn't at yes. all try it. I mean that wasn't even like a quick shot. She just stood there for like twenty seconds with no top on.
0: Well, I was mad though because she kind of put her arms in front of her shyly. She her hands In her hair. Her, her in hair. Her her hair, hair I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any? Who else said that? Uh, no. None? I was, I was
3: slacking. I got a few. Let's hear it. Uh, never tell the ladies what you do for a living. That is my advice to Uwe Bull. <laughs> never tell them you're a director. They will go back and look at your freaking movies. And you will be screwed. Dude. And uh, when I say screwed, you will not get screwed. But I will tell this to Uwe Bull. Um, you know what? Have them watch House of the Dead with the Cadaver Tracks. They will like it better.
0: Um, that is the only possible way they will like that movie. Exactly.
3: Um, go in there. Make your move. Don't let her see your bugs. That is VH1 um, executives to Brett Michaels on the Rock of Love bus.
0: <laughs> he t- he talking about his crabs. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure he's got a lot of different bugs. Walking in out, dude. I can't believe you brought that up. It's too soon, man. He's in the hospital. He's
3: out of the hospital. He's back on that show.
0: That was uh that was a uh, lame pop culture watcher check. <laughs> um, All right, that was a test. You failed.
3: I don't know. I have one more. Uh, women can drain your vital juices and not just the sex ones that is every good father's birds and the bees speech (laughs) they will suck the life out of you
0: (laughs) you know what they will after one year of marriage you will you will either become a zombie or you will want to become a zombie (laughs) that was my experience that's awesome (laughs) not not really i you know dude uh, what would you give this man I really liked this movie. I mean, I thought it was fun. Uh, it was kind of a you know just I mean it was it was a lot of uh, bug running around. You know there there were some jokes. I didn't like how there was a scene with a dude with his hands down his boxers. Um, what scene was that? I remember he was on the phone. He's like I'm about to get in the shower. Oh yeah. Yet. And he's like ah it's still going on you know blah. But uh, no I mean I thought I thought it was good humor. I thought that the, the you know the acting overall was was pretty decent. Um, the, uh, the story was funny. So, you know, I'll give this a bye.
3: I love this Masters of Horror, dude. I, I give this a bone saw. Oh, cool. Easily. I, it was just, you know, anytime like a Tales from the Crypt type show can just entertain the crap out of me for an hour and, Uh and I walk away saying, wow, I would like to see that again. Um, that, that really, you know, sticks with me (laughs) where, where, you know, where there, like you said, some Masters of Horror just blew. Oh, just, just bad. I mean, so. It's nice to get ones like this where you could tell that the, the people cared about it. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, oh, good. that's all I awesome. got to say about this. You got anything else?
0: Uh, no. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, one of my favorite ones. It's, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, good to go.
3: Well, we'll be right back with our bugs. <laughs> On The Very important Today That's Outside the Cinema I know a lot of you listening now Enjoy the film world Boy, Outside the Cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight, or giant monsters crawl from the sea, or perhaps an Italian film where Edwin's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason, or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please, perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf, then Outside the Cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com.
2: Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion.
0: We're back, uh, to talk about May that came out in 2002.
2: You know how when you meet someone and you think you like
1: them,
4: but then the more you talk to them, you see parts you don't like. The boy I saw today is different.
1: I like every part of him, especially his hands. Hello? Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't be mad. You've been my friend my whole life. I need a real friend.
0: What are you doing,
2: Mae? I work at the animal hospital.
0: When I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. Now, she only has three. You can't sew it back on, can you? I could.
2: Oh, you crazy bitch. <laughs> Actually, I kind of liked it. Does this stuff freak
1: you out? Nothing freaks me out. Jeez, you're a nasty little thing, aren't you?
2: You don't think I'm weird? Oh, Jesus Christ you feel weird doing this? oh god i'm bleeding i know
1: this is weird
2: you like weird
1: I'm not that weird Lionsgate films presents i'm sorry things didn't work out us. i'm not gonna be your friend if you can't
4: find a friend make one
1: the story of a girl what you reading about amputation who only You have a beautiful neck.
2: I love your hair. You have really beautiful legs. I love your tattoo. The perfect friend. You're going to look perfect.
4: (laughs) I need more parts. May. I know you would never hurt me, May.
0: (laughs) And uh, this one was actually written and directed by uh, our man Lucky McKee. By the way, is Lucky his real name?
3: I think so. His parents are probably hippies. That's bizarre. I don't know for a fact, but I mean, I haven't seen any other name for him.
0: Okay, right, that's cool. His dad's uh, last name's McKee, so uh, <laughs> probably. Maybe maybe his name's like uh, Agnes, so they wanted to give him a nickname so he didn't have to go through life <laughs> with the name Agnes. His name's
3: Bruckner McKee. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, the budget on this was about five hundred thousand. Uh, the IMDb gave this a 6.9, which, you know what? That's, I mean, that's fairly high, but uh, I actually would have given this higher. Oh, way higher. Um, Angela Bettis plays May. Actually, her I, her full name is May Dove Kennedy. And I only knew her as May. Anyways, uh, Jeremy Sisto plays Adam Stubbs. Anna Ferris plays Polly, And, uh, let's see, James Duvall played blank. Oh, James Duval, that guy. Uh and then uh, let's see, Nicole Hiltz played Ambrosia. And uh you know what? Do you know what uh that girl Nicole Hiltz was also in? Uh it looked like poor Trailer Park of Terror. Really? The whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, where do I know her from? Is that good? Sure. And, uh you know, it was solid. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't like uh freaking kicking ass, but it was good, you know. <laughs> I need didn't it didn't have a bunch of country people in it like uh like Dwight Yoko uh, or something. I don't even know who Dwight Yoakam. I don't. I know. I've heard of his name. I don't know what he looks like. Oh, so I, I think he had like Tim you.
3: McGraw in it or something.
0: Tim McGraw? No. Oh, I don't know who's.
3: I don't know, dude. Oh, okay. They're all. No, the same. I don't
0: know who Tim McGraw is, too. <laughs> uh, I I was picturing uh, Miley Cyrus's dad. Okay. Oh, I can't uh, Billy Ray. Cyrus? Billy Ray. Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know if any of those people were. What do I know them? Anyways, uh, plot, uh, when May was a child, she was a lonely girl with one lazy eye, freaky lazy eye, I'm going to add the word freaky, and without any friend but a weird and ugly doll kept in a glass case given to her by her mother on her birthday. Uh, Mae becomes a lonely, weird young woman working in an animal hospital and assisting the veterinary in surgeries and sewing operated animals most of the time. Her a lesbian colleague, Polly, has sort of an attraction for her. When the when uh, the shy May meets the mechanic Adam Stubbs, she loves his hands and has a crush on him. They date, but the weirdness and bizarre behavior of May makes Adam move away from her. Alone, May has a brief affair with Polly, but she feels rejected again when her colleague meets Ambrosia. When her doll is accidentally broken, the deranged May, to build a friend for her, decides to build a friend for her using the best parts that her acquaintances can offer now i gotta be honest with you about this movie i my dad married this this woman with uh two stepdaughters and these two stepdaughters dude act exactly like may does like like they have i mean they don't have like the lazy eye and stuff like that but they have a lot of the same mannerisms they just they'll just sit there and stare at you and expect you to talk to them You know, they are so easily they just easily take mistake what you uh, what you say to them. You know, they'll take it wrong and they'll get all bugged or, you know, and they'll just they are just so weird. And you know what? This movie freaked me out extra because I know those two girls who are exactly like May, And it's like I felt like I knew May. That's awesome, dude. Oh, dude. It's not awesome. It sounds awesome. (laughs) Dude, it is not. I'm afraid that all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, Mike. You have the most gorgeous eyes in the world. Cut them out. And then,
3: and then they'll cut them out. I knew, I told you I knew the fairy girls like the girl like Misty Monday.
0: I mean, these uh, pe- these people are realistic. I, I tell you what, man, I it, I think it just, I think a little, it hit a little extra close to home and it had a little bit more of an impact on me. Because the first time I watched this, my dad wasn't married to this, this woman. So it's like weird. It was a whole new, a whole new point of view for me. Um, but uh, in this movie, uh, there are, uh, I guess, if, if I were to say one word to describe the whole movie, it would be awkward. Because the way May interacts with people, the way that she relates to you know certain daily things, just regular things in her life, is awkward. And it makes me feel awkward even watching it. And Angela Bettis does a freaking excellent job of portraying this. I mean, wouldn't you say? She was born for this role, man. Like,
3: born for it. I mean, well, like that. I don't like. I think. I hope she's not like this normally. No, but, she's not. But she <laughs> sold it so well because I believed it. Oh, she did a freaking excellent job. Well, I mean, like the restaurant scene, or the well, the coffee shop when she first meets him.
0: Oh yeah, it's
3: the most awkward moment in cinematic history.
0: Well, she, you know, and the thing is, is that's not. A, 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 we even have a, an awkward build-up to that because she sees this guy from far away. She she uh, notices his hands and how perfect his hands are and how you know and, and just and how he she starts talking about how he's perfect and then you know she goes up she goes up to uh, to try to talk to him a couple times like they're crossing the street you know and uh, she she tr- tries to get the courage to to talk to him but then she loses her 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 nuts and then keeps walking away you know so you're just like ah oh, man that's awkward you know but then you get into this part. And, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us about this part? <laughs> she basically, I guess he's really tired,
3: and he kind of dozes off at a coffee house, a little coffee shop on the patio. And so May, who loves his hands, he, he falls asleep with his, like what, like his hand kind of in the air propped up against his uh-huh. head. Yep. She walks over and starts rubbing her hair and her head against his hand. And her face. <laughs> at this moment, the awkward moment, he wakes up. And you're like,
0: holy shit! He just caught her doing this. And what does she do? Does she just like kind of fall over and like walk away or something. Yeah, she
3: act, she acts like nothing happened, and he's just like, what? Like it's almost like dreamlike like. Like he doesn't even know if it just happened for real.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, it, 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 that awkward. Again, the word is awkward. Um, you know, and, and the whole movie is kind of. Uh, um, just, just a bunch of, you know, obviously the, the she starts to, you know, she makes a friend. She makes friends with Jeremy Sisto or his, uh, you know, they actually start to go out on a date. And then, uh, you know, and then they actually to the point where um, uh, he takes her to his apartment. And I know I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but this was probably, well, you know, this part was fine. You know, he apparently he's a really artistic guy. He's got, like, kind of dark art hung all around, you know, his apartment and stuff. And it's really actually pretty good stuff, you know. I mean, it's a little creepy. It's like Argento
3: stuff. Did you notice
0: that? No, I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, one of
3: the art pieces was, like, a modified uh, opera poster.
0: Oh i didn't know and that. earlier he talks know. about
3: going to see argento 's trauma at the art house that's right that's yeah. right so I mean there's a lot of stuff in there where you know they kind of hint at it
0: and you know and, and what he does he you know he put together this this just really low budget black and white movie short where uh you know a couple of uh, cannibals go to a picnic you know and they start you know after they eat they start getting a little uh intimate and uh yeah, apparently cannibals show their love through ingesting one another.
3: <laughs> did you notice that the male cannibal was um, Angelo Bettis' friend in *Sick Girl*? I did not notice that. That is him, and he's also and he's in everything that Lucky McKee does. Also,
0: really, I like that guy. Yeah. He was funny in uh, *Sick Girl*. Yeah, I mean that's that's him. That was awesome. But, well, in any way, uh, since uh, let's just say that since May is. Pure, clean, and untouched, as the white-driven snow. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Uh, she's not really that uh, experienced when it comes time to actually become intimate, and she takes her cues from that video. I freaking about dumped in my pants at how number one how awkward that was, number two how utterly disgusting it was, and number three she just thought it was
3: normal. Oh, she had no idea, dude. Like when when that blood was all over like her chest and like her lip. She what she uh. she bites his lip. And she, yeah. she draws a lot of blood. He gets all
0: pissed, yeah, he, of course. He, it hurts like hell. And he calls on. her a
3: freak, man. He's like, what are you doing, you freak? You know, kind of that kind of thing. I don't know if he says freak, right. but mm-hmm. it's along those lines. And she's like, what? What we're, we're, we're doing like in the movie. Right. And she has a smile on her face and she has blood on her. And you're like, this is so horrifying because
0: she has no idea this is not normal. Right. No idea. No idea. Well, it's funny because the movie is basically about her... Uh, her mindset, and her 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 neurological well-being. You know, I mean, it, it's funny because you, uh, yeah, Lucky McKee, seems to take a uh, a page out of uh, what's his name uh, Roman Polanski's book, uh, where you remember? Have you ever seen Repulsion? Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where she, when she starts going crazy, there's like a crack in the wall, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, she, you know, we we mentioned that she had this doll that uh, her mother made. And because uh, her mother says to her, well, if you can't have any friends then you make them, you know, so but but she's never allowed to touch the doll because it's in this glass case. Well, the 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 more psychological stress that uh, May is under, the more that the uh, the the dolls encasing cracks. Now, is it really cracking? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. He, but like but the sa- the sound that it makes as it's cracking is is unnerving. You know and i I just think that it's I don't know if she's actually perceiving that but i but i don't I don't know exactly what it is, but basically I think it's a cue to the audience that that's you know that's kind of what she's going through in her with her psychosis
3: I, I do I think it's a metaphor for her like her um sanity absolutely because like if you notice in the scene where she's at, at the very end with the deaf kids or no, I'm sorry huh? the blind kids, the blind kids right
0: oh, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. And
3: she takes that doll in there, she says, Well feel this and tell me what it is. The right. the case is not cracked at all. It's perfectly right. intact. And that to me was like oh that was that was completely like solidifying the fact that she is just breaking down and this is not happening. Right. You know, like that that case isn't cracking. She's losing her mind.
0: Well, and the thing is is she I mean, she talks to the doll, she perceives the doll talking to her. You know, speaking to her. You know, I mean, she, I, we never see like the doll say hi, kill. So you know, blah, blah blah. But but you know, she kind of responds to the doll as if you know it, they were conversing. And I'm glad they didn't go that way and
3: do something hokey like that because it it actually made you like you could actually see May being a real person. Like that person could exist.
0: Well, dude, I already told you. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, it's my it's my stepsisters. Well, uh, apparently, Lucky McKee knows <laughs> knows your stepsisters. Free, okay, freaking bizarre. Um, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is I liked a lot. I, there, there was a lot of things I liked about it. There was very little I didn't like about it. There was one potential thing that I may not have liked about it, which was the the stupid. Uh, uh, what do you call that? Like the angry female, you know, kind of alternative rock that was playing in the background. Oh, I, but just, I didn't mind like,
3: that at all. I kind of liked some of it. Uh,
0: I hated that. In fact, it was very irritating. To really? Me. But, 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 but. No, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. It could have been very irritating. It was to fitting. Me. But, but you know what? I, exactly. I think that it really fit the movie. I think that it actually fits so well that I can't really. I, I don't know what could have done a better job. Just like. Because, well, because I assume that psych, psychotic chicks. Um, listen to that kind of shit. Just
3: like you said earlier about emo kids, they listen to music that would be played in Twilight.
0: Oh, I did I say that? No, you didn't say that. All right, I just said that. On, don't
3: don't put words on my. I mouth, don't want okay? the email coming to me, dude. People no, will
0: start sh- quoting. Well, email doesn't go to you anyways. It doesn't work. Oh yeah, I don't have a my <laughs> my account's not even activated. I will we'll fix we'll fix that, dude. Come on, no.
3: man. Well, you know what I liked about this man? I liked yeah. the fact that May was so awkward and weird the whole movie. When she's at her most normal, she's being her most maniacal at the very end.
0: Oh, absolutely! She seems to like she was collected. Take the bull by
3: the horn. Oh, she was. Yeah,
0: she, she exactly, oh, dude. She was. She
3: was on top of everything at that at that point. And, well, and she took control of her life. I loved it, and and that was for me. It was like she knows at this point she snapped. She knows exactly what her purpose is. Even I
0: think she learned that nobody's perfect. Exactly, and
3: and that was the this movie oh man I love this movie dude like
0: no I I, I think this is a great movie you know one thing that, that we haven't even talked about yet is Anna Faris and her character oh she is First so hot all, dude you know I think she's hotter back in this movie than after she got all that plastic surgery she kind of looks she plastic surgery like, well have you ever seen what's that movie she's in the house mother or something I never saw that uh, well she has like these giant banana lips and it's like, oh my God, just because because in this movie she's she's really cute, you know, he, he, and she's gotten she's gotten some uh, plastic surgery on her face and a boob job since then, but uh, I don't think she looks nearly as good as she did back in this movie. You know, the thing with Anna Ferris is this: is
3: when you look at her in movies like Scary Movie and like this movie, right? She was one of those. She was a supporting actress. She was she was not the main character, and she fit well. She was beautiful, right? Now they're trying to make her a leading lady, and she's not. She's not leading lady material at all. Well, and, and, especially
0: when you make her look like a like a plastic freaking Barbie doll that that has no expression. Well, unfortunately,
3: most guys like that. I don't like that. I like her better as the brunette, the natural
0: brunette. Well, well, dude. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I don't like big busty blondes. What I'm saying is, is that when you when you start to look unnatural. Do you, are you saying dudes like unnatural-looking ladies?
3: Oh, you know what? Most of the guys I know like that fake tan, that fake blonde, that fake... I mean, I don't like that, but... I hate that. Most, in fact, most guys I know fact, like that. In fact,
0: I think that's really... Well, I listen, I don't know a lot of dudes that are still, like, trolling for chicks or anything like that. I'll be... I mean, I'll be... I don't hang out with a lot of dudes like that anymore. But that, to me, that just says vain and high, uh, high maintenance.
3: Oh, I don't like it at all. And, not at and all. I,
0: and, and I am just not... That, I mean, that just is not attractive to me. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying... I'm, I don't want to go on a little diatribe here about, you don't need to be blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, Ooh, weird.
3: I actually... We have a friend who was moving away last week to Texas or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, she... We went to dinner with her to say goodbye, you know, that kind of thing. And right. she she's real fake like that, you know. She's... Oof. She got a fake tan, looked real... And I said... I said, "What's up with your skin?" And she's like, "What uh-huh. do you mean?" I was like, "I don't know." She goes, "Oh, well, I've been tanning." I said, uh, "You look kind of like a catcher's
0: mitt, <laughs> you know?" Because I, I will, no, I will not. Wow, hold back. that's great dinner conversation. No, I, I mean, I, I won't hold back. It's like, hey, let's piss them off before they move. Dude, Perfect I'm timing. telling you right
3: now, if if someone's going to do something that shallow and make themselves look like an old like coin purse,
0: right? You know, like my, my
3: balls. Sp- exactly, they they look like a ball sack. I have I I'm, Listen, I feel like I have a pretty you know, good looking ball sack. You know what? If you're pale, that's fine. You know, if you go tanning to the point where you look yeah, like Yeah, it's pale. You look like <laughs> you look like Babe Ruth's, you know <laughs> like, a, like his first basement exactly, or whatever. it, <laughs> dude. I mean there there's a point where like you said, it's not natural. It looks freakish. It doesn't look yeah. real. It doesn't. It looks. It's stupid. It, and and I'm not. You know. And I oh my god. I hope I'm not offending anybody right now. But
0: you know what the irony of the whole deal is? What's that? Is is I sit here and say I don't like fake looking ladies, but I'd be the first in line to buy one of those real love dolls. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Real love dolls. Well, they don't have fake tans. Yeah. They, there's nothing. There's nothing fake about them. They're so fake. They're organic.
3: Exactly, dude.
0: Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Anyway, uh, first, there's a few things that uh, I I noticed about this movie. Uh, Dr. Sarkeesian Uh was the fat dude in Borat. You remembered his balls, right? So I do. I saw his balls and his butt. That's exactly, yeah. I thought the whole time, I
3: was like, I'll bet you anything Mike brings up that guy's balls. I brought up his balls, didn't I? No, I did, but it was because you brought up Borat. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and and that of course, by the way, that was the greatest scene of that movie of all time. And when yeah, I realize I'm talking about the greatest scene is two naked dudes running around. That was hilarious. Uh, after one guy just got done jacking it to uh, Pamela Anderson's picture, but come on, hilarious. That was great. Uh, um, I learned a few things. Uh, first of all, I mean, I don't. I, do you want to talk a little bit more about the movie, or I have one more thing to say about the movie. Okay. okay.
3: <laughs> that blind girl, the one that basically tries to get the doll out of the case. Uh Her name is Petey. If you have
0: a blind kid, don't name her Petey. Are you serious? Do you know what what they named her after? A parrot? The parrot whose head flew off in uh, in, um, Dumb and Dumber that uh, the blind kid had. Are you being serious? The, the guy sold the blanket. No, I don't oh, know I was if like that's that. what that is. But, <laughs> I was like, but but I know I know that uh, that they had like a little parakeet. That, You're right, that, dude. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the guy, the his name was Petey, and he was given to a sold to a blind kid.
3: That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that I you know I can see that being some kind of parallel to this. Could be make like them saying, I mean, it, I, Like you know, we should throw that in just as kind of a you know little little chuckle.
0: Or it could be that every other parakeet in the world's is named Petey the Parakeet. Is, yeah. uh, did you learn anything? Uh, I actually learned quite a bit. Um, apparently nobody is perfect, and sometimes even the smallest imperfections can be uh, hazardous to your health. Yeah. Uh, maybe going after an obvious vulnerable woman that you think is a, would be a pretty uh, slam dunk, you know? It's not always such a great idea. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I've learned that
3: firsthand, dude first hand. It, it,
0: yeah, that's bad.
3: You can't shake crazy. No. <laughs> you don't bank crazy. You don't bank crazy.
0: Rude, man. Why not? I mean, come on. That was easy. You know what? You know what, He was he actually gets my kick in the balls award because, you know, even after they, you know, they broke up because of the whole biting the the, the lip thing, he kind of almost keeps the keeps the path open just in case. Cuz he's like me, he's a freaking glutton for punishment. Oh, dude yeah that's why he gets a kick in the balls, but I'm still uh, telling you what I learned okay um cannibals love picnics <laughs> um contrary to popular belief, cannibalism can ruin the mood if you get intimate it's true <laughs> and um depends on who you're with obviously but just know just know who you're with um and lastly but not leastly, if you say you like weird uh, sorry if you say you like weird, you better effing and mean it. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I think some people will
3: just say that and they kind of pass it off like it's a fact. But I think when it comes down to the moment of truth, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see weird. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I learned a few things. Okay, I learned stabbing yourself in the eye really freaking hurts. Um, uh, as if you needed this movie to tell you that. Yeah, you know what though, she really had some agonizing screams
0: you know what she again she did a great job <laughs> she did a great acting job
3: she said her mom was there on the set when they filmed that and her mom was bawling are you serious she said her mom was bawling her eyes out and she's like mom you can go home and i was like no i'm gonna stay here and support my baby, my baby. And, oh brother she's like you know you can go home like her mom was sitting there watching it through the i guess the, what the camera or whatever
0: uh-huh. she's, and she said her mom was like freaking out Mom, my eye is still really here. It's called a Calda movie. Yeah, this is not real. Well, well unless, just, unless you go... By wait, 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 wait. Like, Wasn't it you? Yeah, I was just going to say, you just got done convincing me the movies were well, real. They are.
3: Um, I learned that nipples sometimes match your eyes. Sometimes they're cockeyed. <laughs> did you notice that her nipples were pointing, like, crazy directions? <laughs> I'm serious. I did not notice. That. <laughs> when she is at the coffee house, and she's wearing that red top... But she, that is worth watching it again. She has got cockeyed nipples, <laughs> and I thought, man, it's different than the drapes matching the curtains, or was it drapes matching the carpet?
0: The, the curtains matching. Yeah. The
3: uh, I'm, Wait, the carpet matching the drapes. Yeah, that's anyway. something like that. Um, her
0: her eyes and her nips were completely in sync. You look at a lazy-eyed woman. I huh, wonder if the nips match the eyes. <laughs> exactly.
3: Um, I learned that if you're monkey-pawing a sandwich, just tear it in half. Don't you use a Swiss Army knife. He cut that sandwich with a Swiss Army knife, and he's got his hands all over the damn thing. I'm like, Just rip it in half, dude.
0: Are you serious? <laughs> you're a germaphobe, though. See, I like germs.
3: Oh, uh, not, see, not really. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> um, well, we'll germaphobe, that brings me to my next point. Um, I learned that eating melons is a booby metaphor. Um, but of course Those are the good germs
0: But of course <laughs> Let's eat some melons Yeah
3: And you know what's funny though Is later in the movie Anna Faris is actually Eating a melon And I <laughs> no, she,
0: no she wasn't That was like a That was an orange Or some kind of citrus That's what Shelly
3: said too And I was like It's a melon But she said it wasn't So Nope <sighs> We're at two to one We win Man Gosh You know what Because don't...
0: you know The majority always rules But
3: here's the thing You know what I'm glad you guys won Because I like that metaphor Eating melons
0: um <laughs> there, you go.
2: there you go. I got a kick
3: in the balls. Uh okay. Uh the guy on the bench, the the, the Frankenstein tattoo, James Duvall. Yeah. Uh he was tool tastic. He's like <laughs> I'm gonna take my shirt off, it's hot in here. Oh you got any ice for my nipples? Come on, yeah, it's dude, like, really? what
0: the you're not really being uh you're, yeah, you're not really being that uh, sly and uh, charming here. That's bad. <laughs> that was, In fact, he was like the one part where I was just like, oh, my gosh, this this acting is a little silly. But, you know, he was only in it for a minute. And he called her a freak. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. You, uh, who else said that? Uh, I got a few who else said that. Uh, let's see. I've always said, if you can't find a friend, make one. That was uh, me to the cantaloupe that I made a small ho- hole in. As I pulled it out of the microwave. <laughs> you know what's funny about that?
3: Uh, uh, like a month ago, my friend told me about that, and I thought that was a joke. But
0: apparently it's real, and apparently it's big in Utah. What? <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. There's only one thing big in Utah. That's right. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, and I, I have another who else said that. Actually, you know what? Both of these who else said that was me. Nice. Uh, I wanted, uh, the, the other one was, uh, I wanted to kiss you since I first saw you. That was me to the new KFC Double Down, oh. and then I finally got my first one. <laughs> Are you talking about a meat sandwich? Yes. Must be that Gwar song. Meat sandwich. <laughs> it's like that's oh, what it is, my friend. And you know what? It, it, it if if um, if a Gwar song could actually physically affect you, it would do what this KFC Double Down did to my gut. Was it good? It was so good, but man, did I have Montezuma's revenge afterward. <laughs>
3: My friend said it. Said he had it, because I was asking about it, and because uh-huh. I love meat, man, uh, you know. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah,
0: exactly. I know. I, in fact, I, in fact, uh, I know that uh, when you said that, it was a double entendre. Though. Exactly. And you know who doesn't like meat? The two girls from who? *Sick Girl*. <laughs> That's <laughs> they right. They don't like meat. Um, or or Anna Faris and uh, Anastasia. Exactly. Um, my friend. Unless you're talking about a little bit of ham. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Ga- she had you know, what gams? Gams or uh, maybe a clam. Clank. That's meat.
3: <laughs> That's meat. Anyway. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, what
0: the hell? <laughs> <Jeez>.
3: <laughs> uh, my friends. He was telling me it was way too much meat, but I don't see that as being a oh, bad dude,
0: thing. It is. Uh, trust me. It was really delicious. But man, I paid for Tomorrow it. Tomorrow
3: I'm buying it, dude. I'm getting one. Do it doing it. Um, On your
0: way home, though, so you have quick access to your bathroom. <laughs> Did you get anyone else said that anymore? Uh, no, that was all I got.
3: Alright, I got a few. You have a beautiful neck. That is every vampire ever except Edward G. <laughs> <laughs> um The next one, uh, when I left for vacation, my dog had four legs. That was John Travolta. <laughs> Did you see that news story this week? No. His two dogs got ran over at the airport and killed. <laughs> dude, that's cold. Hey, look at that. That is less than seven days old. I got a brand new reference in there.
0: Yeah, but by the way, you got to realize, but by the time this gets out, that story will be like a year and a half old. And, oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Did you hear that Kelly Preston's pregnant? What? I had no idea that. She she told me she was on the pill, dude. It's Kelly Preston's hot, man.
0: <laughs> oh, she is a, She's a babe. Yeah,
3: John Travolta, God. He's lucky. And I've got one more.
0: Oh, what do you mean? i I'm, I'm hey, you know I'm
3: You know, I only did that so you would do yours. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: I'm so embarrassed. I've never had a boyfriend before. That was Larry Craig after his arrest. I don't know who Larry Craig is. He's the senator who uh, was toe-tapping in the bathroom. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, I do. I didn't mean anything by that. I was just, I, there was a little beat. I was playing metronome <laughs> with my foot. No, you were trying to get a hand job at the bathroom.
0: Uh, you know what? I, I have a problem with that, though, because I don't think there's ever a time I go into a public restroom and don't wish I was getting a hand job. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I'm in the men's room, I kind of don't want to get no, a handjob. Not me. I think it's cool. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, it's cool.
3: I think glory hole's more in uh, line.
0: Well, except for except for two men in a glory hole. You remember that always mean... sunny? Oh, yes. <laughs>
3: else? Well, what he said. He said, he said. he said, I don't care. He goes, "Why well, can't pretend it's a girl. He's like, <laughs> he's like, how can you pretend it's a girl when you have a dick in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's, i love that line I was trying to come up with
0: that, that reference <laughs> that was one of the best lines on that show uh, i uh, i freaking love that show dude man
3: uh <laughs> do you have anything else for this do you have a uh, six degrees
0: uh i have <laughs> a kick in the balls <laughs> well six, six degrees we already uh, said it <laughs> angela Bettis was in the woods as the voice who it's <laughs> bruce they're all yeah they're all bruce the Cameron? same I was going to say, or do I do I need to go through something different? No, we're
3: cool with that one because they're all going to be so close to Bruce.
0: Yeah. I didn't even write these down. But anyway, um, kicking the balls for Sisto for stringing May along, even after they had the awkward cannibal love scene. <laughs> and uh, Sisto, Sisto, Jeremy Sisto's in uh, Anna's Girlfriends for being jealous of the weird-ass May.
3: Yeah, I know, right? Dude, I give this a bone saw, man. This movie is freaking great.
0: Dude, this, I, there have been a lot of movies that have been given bone sauce in my time. And this definitely is one of the best, even when it comes to bone sauce. I freaking love this movie. Oh, the rewatchability on this is just awesome. awesome. I'm going to make my wife watch it with me. You think she'll like it? <laughs> uh, I hope not. I hope it really uh, is bizarre for her. Well, I mean, I think to, I think to even horror fans it's going to be bizarre. No, I think she'll like it. I, I, well, it, it, if nothing else, she'll find it very interesting. And uh, I don't really know how you couldn't,
3: <laughs> man. You know what makes me sad about this? But, it makes me sad that studios give Uwe Boll just they give him movie after movie, right? And Lucky McKee is, you know, he's had so much problem. He's had so much trouble with studios, and, right. and he's proven himself to be. Just a million times better of a director. I mean, better than, you know, Uwe. Ball. Uwe. Uwe, yeah. I mean, it's sad to
0: me because it's like the studio doesn't care. They just want to make their money. You know what's weird is, I mean, I've kind of tried to give up on trying to understand uh, motivations for studios. Well, it's and the same with record labels. I mean, there are a lot of bands that I listen to that I mean, will never be signed, ever, but are a
3: million well, times better than any crap on the radio.
0: I think the fact that emo exists... Is a testament to how shitty they are. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I don't. I haven't even really listened to it. No, it's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man.
3: But um, awesome, man. I actually I have a contest, man. And oh sweet. I don't know what the prizes will be for this one. We can we can choose that at a later time. How about
0: a how about a uh, cadaver lab prize pack? Hell yeah, cadaver lab prize let's, pack. Let's just do that. And uh, there'll be. Um, uh, a DVD, at least, and uh, maybe a couple DVDs and uh, some other paraphernalia. Oh, yeah. You you are going to get an awesome prize. Um, <laughs> uh Depends on uh, if I like you. No, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> Here it is. I got a question for you. In both May and The Woods, Lucky McKee makes an appearance. Now, the contest is, on the forums, we're going to create a thread. And the first person to tell us where he makes an appearance in
0: both movies wins the prize you know what's funny is i actually almost started talking about where he uh showed up in may i'm glad you didn't (laughs) well and the thing is is i that was uh i okay i almost i had a funny thing to say about that but i'm glad i forgot Well, and he's credited in may but he's not credited in the woods so this is gonna i can't even
3: think of what it is in the woods Uh, so i'll have to even look that well i can tell you in a few minutes but uh that's the contest i mean if
0: you can tell us you know both of them uh, you know you win that's awesome because once you tell me, I'll win the contest. Hell yeah! Save me on postage. Well, well,
3: you don't go on the forums very often, so uh, <laughs> I will now. Screw you. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, man, uh, this has been an awesome episode, dude. No,
0: I I really liked the mo- Even even though I kind of gave the woods kind of a, a run for its money, I, you know, I I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed. Uh, let's put it this way: I I really. These three movies were a joy to watch, especially compared to some other episodes. Well,
3: you know, and <laughs> you watch a movie like The Woods, and even though there are complaints about it, the thing is with The Woods is it's not the same old shit you see all the time. It's no, not it's, a remake. It's not three sure. D.
0: Well, and it and it was you could tell it was made by a competent person, acted by competent actors, and you know, in in uh, the all that stuff, oh, and yeah. I and I think that makes a big. Do we even know we're doing next episode?
3: Uh, not so far.
0: Oh, man. Sweet. It's going to be a surprise. Awesome. <laughs> That's right. I said surprise like a redneck. Surprise. I meant to. surprise. Surprise.
3: Oh, It'll be a
2: surprise.
0: <laughs>
3: well, do you want to talk about it for a few minutes and then come back and tell people what
0: it is? Okay. Well, we'll take just a quick second. All right. So uh, we just came up with a quick, awesome topic for next week. Actually, Johnny did most of the thinking. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, kind of a, 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 an urban legend show. And no, we're not going to be doing urban legend, okay? I'm not I'm not going to watch any movie with the Noxzema girl in it. I'll tell you right now
3: that even though Robert Englund is in that movie, that movie is a steaming pileup.
0: <laughs> we decided to do uh, Candyman. Let's see, uh, and what other ones? I can't even remember. Blood Knight, The Legend of Mary Hatchet. Okay. And Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That's right. So we're going to do those three, and uh, that should be awesome, man. Those, those uh, I, have, I haven't I have seen uh, – actually, I've only not seen one of them, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked for it.
3: I am really excited to hear what you think about that movie.
0: Cool. Yeah, me too. Uh, is there anything else we got for this episode? No, I think that's it, man. Awesome. So uh, call us with your voicemails, 206-339-2730. Again, that number is 206 339 Three zero, and uh, email Johnny. I'll get his email working. Okay. Yeah. Johnny at cadaver I guess that's it. Yeah, dude. So uh, from the cadaver lab, we will see you. Bitches.